Tonight, we put an end to a six-year-long masochistic ritual that I have engaged in. What? What? I, for the first time in six years, I'm not watching the Grammys. Oh, you're welcome. They're happening right now as we record this podcast. Um, I'm kind of jonesing for it. Jonesing for the, just the outrage I feel watching the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing the snubs, seeing the pageantry yeah seeing rihanna rihanna is she there no cameron no what what happened to rihanna i don't know she was replaced by megan the stallion mm. who in my opinion should win best new, new artist even though i don't i don't get her mm-hmm. i don't understand her savages is fine for the 30 seconds everyone on the internet heard it thanks tiktok yeah but i do think she should win she's had a good year hot girl summer very culturally impactful. That was like two years ago. Well, but this last year doesn't count. Oh, <laughs> 2020 was a, we'll redo it. Um, I am worried about the Grammys this year. And this is why I bring it up. Um, the Grammys always like do a, like a year for us and a year for you thing where they're like, oh, we're going to pick like our picks and, or, and then your guys are all going to be mad. So we're going to give you guys like a bone. And next year we're going to pick the stuff you think is popular. So last year, Billie Eilish's historic wins across the board. I, I feel like that was a for you thing. What's this year going to be? Just a whole bunch of white dudes winning a whole bunch of stuff. Probably. Are you a Grammy watcher, Luke? I'm, <clears throat> I'm not. Uh, uh, not not generally, anyway. Uh, I mean, I usually look at the results on, on the back end of it, but I don't know. You know, it's I, Grammys, I mean... It's, pop stars win all the Grammys, just like, you know, anybody but comedians win all the Oscars. So I just, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's just people giving people things that don't really mean much or amount to anything. So. It's so true. But yet I you watch it watch every it. year, like a train wreck happening. It's funny <laughs> you say that about pop stars, because I recently watched Trolls World Tour. Have either of you seen Trolls World Tour? No. I can't say that I have now. Well, I haven't seen Trolls. I'm not going to lie. I've seen Trolls. Trolls is great. But in Trolls World Tour, all the other trolls of all the other different genres of music come into play. Wait, wait, wait. Is the original Trolls movie about a set of trolls that are a genre of music? You don't realize it at the time, but then it comes, you come to be revealed that it's the pop trolls that are the main group of trolls, which is why they sing the songs that they sing and they don't sing other songs. Why they sing Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they were pop trolls and there's like rock and roll trolls that are trying to take over all the other genres of music to uh, essentially rock forever. But, but then it comes the to be, but it comes to be revealed that in history, the pop trolls took over all the music and then the rock trolls ended up upsetting them and taking their power away so that the pop trolls couldn't control all of music. And then it says the line, just like always, pop ruins everything. Oh. And uh, I, thought, I thought it was good. Yeah. It's really funny that the rock trolls are like the bad guys trying to take over all of music because ever since the 70s, like every genre of music has been like, we want to be the rock star. Like, and like the most popular element to inc- incorporate into your genre is like rock elements because it's like, because it's cool. Well, it's cool, but it's also like almost kind of the default form of music, which is funny because it's been dead for well over 25 years. <laughs> But yeah, you got the classical trolls and the techno trolls and the country trolls and the funk trolls. Okay. All sorts of trolls. Luke, what kind of- Are there any 
Are there, if, if I were a troll, I think I would want to be a ska troll, but I don't think that they're, they probably do, ska, do ska trolls exist? They're probably sure like, they you know, a very rare form of troll. It's, you know, it's like a bread troll between a jazz troll and a rock and roll troll. Like they had a baby and it made a ska troll. A ska troll. Yeah. I like that's it. What, Cameron, yep, would you be that's a what CCM I think would happen. Troll? Absolutely not a CCM troll. You're not you're not anything but that. You're not a contemporary Christian music troll. Stephen Curtis and Glitter Sparkles. When this boy meets Brought to you by 1990s Panasonic video cameras, unless someone real decides to sponsor us. This is Boy Meets World favorite. <laughs> fever. Right. Luke's face distracted me. Boy Meets World fever. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Hey, Cameron. How are hey, you? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I think we're doing well here today. We're off to a strong start. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh yeah, Panasonic cameras. Yeah. Did you have one? Um, maybe those big ones. I know like... the big ones. Yeah, I don't know if we. I know we had when they got a little smaller. I don't know if we ever had the big, big honking one. I think we used our churches for a while because my mom was a church secretary. Mm. So those really bring me back. Those, gotta get those bennies as a church secretary, and I don't mean hundred dollar bills. No, no, not those. You definitely don't get those. Well. Today's a very special day. We've got a returning guest. Mm-hmm. Our first guest, not our first returning guest. But our first guest ever. Yeah. And he's decided to come back. It's true. Um, Things are a little different between us now than they were then, or at least me. Because mm. before he was just my sister-in-law's boyfriend, but now he's part of the family. Uh, I called him your brother-in-law in the last episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chance misled you. <laughs> we're brothers now. Chance is the prophet, the prophet, yeah. prophet chance. I think we all just knew. Saw forward. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, you've already heard him, but I'll go ahead and sing him in. So here he is, Mr. Luke Garrison. Because it's Luke Garrison, Luke Garrison, coming on our show, Boy Meets World Fever. <laughs> it's what he's doing. It's good to know I got friends who will always podcast with me. Because it's Luke Garrison. Ooh. I held it out at the end. I feel like you dropped an octave like from what you normally do. Because it's Luke Garrison. <laughs> no, I don't normally go up there. Uh, Luke, hello. It's wonderful. Thank you. you. You just called in. No one heard you before. Yeah. No, it's always You're... such a warm introduction here. I just, I love that. It uh, makes me feel kind of cozy. I mean, there's nothing like being sung to. That's why everybody gets it at least once a year on their birthday. Like, you know, having somebody serenade you. I mean, what a way to start. Right. That's an interesting. Sh- well, thank idea. you. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. This was the first year I'd been sung to on my birthday in many, many years. And how did it make you feel? Um, awkward. I didn't know no. what I was supposed to be doing while they sang. You mostly I, this. <gasps> oh, thank you. Oh, kind of like that. Cameron engaging in that those visual <laughs> jokes. I tried. Well, I tried to make it a little audible as well. Yeah. I I find just sitting in serenity always is always nice. So people and, and nodding and you just kind of joyfully taking it in. It's very good. Okay, I'll try. Maybe yeah. you have one of those Princess Diaries hand waves. Like a thank ah. you. 
keep saying my keep dad going. My Thank dad you, will generally he conducts. That's how he usually stops that's the good, film. That's you know, a good tends plan. to you know float <laughs> the finger along while people do it. Yeah. Yes, you know, yeah. exactly. Maybe just need a little more baritone. Eyes, a little more baritone. Close your eyes and sort of take it in. This is an incredibly specific reference, and I don't know if either of you will get it. But if you remember back to the Pokemon first movie and how Mewtwo was trying to destroy the Earth with storms, and he moved his hand in like that circular motion. Mm-hmm. Can I do that? I'm with you. Can I just do that the whole I time? I suppose it's not any stranger than anything else we've said. <laughs> because I can see it, I totally think that that's what you should do. Do you? Yeah, you might have to have your. Uh, you might want to have the audience though look back on that particular scene from that particular movie <laughs> before it's like hey have you seen this before you know yes. they're gonna sing you happy birthday you're like hey look at this clip this is so cool i love the way they did that and then <laughs> and everyone thinks you're just okay oh. it'll be perfectly normal mm-hmm. yeah. and is when we were kids everyone had seen pokemon the first movie grandmas had seen it because they took the grandkids it's true i guess mm-hmm. it's not as uh ubiquitous as it used to be I think my grandpa took me to see Pokemon 2000. Oh. He didn't, they didn't, I went with my parents to see the first movie. Oh. My grandpa also took me to see Jimmy Neutron. And he would always say my favorite part was that when they, at the end, when the guy came out with a sign that said the end. Oh. He did not enjoy Jimmy Neutron. Can't <laughs> think. I feel like we were like 15 when Jimmy Neutron came we out. We were not 15. I don't remember Jimmy Neutron coming Chance, out. Chance, you had a lot of trauma. I guess that's true. <laughs> you just blocked out Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I feel like we were pretty old. I had a younger sister. That's probably true. <laughs> Gosh, speaking of music and Pokemon the first movie, does anyone remember how crazy that soundtrack was? Like Vitamin C, Sync, Britney Spears, they were all saying songs for the Pokemon movie. Wow. That's how you know you've made it. Yeah, that's how Pokemon knew they had made it. Hashtag blessed. Anyway, I don't know how we got on this Mm -hmm. topic. So as you've undoubtedly guessed, this is a show about Boy Meets World. (laughs) And we're here to talk about it. It's true. It gets less about Boy Meets World every week, which I kind of love. Uh Pretty soon we're just going (laughs) to say this is Boy Meets World Fever, where we talk about everything but Boy Meets World. Uh, Has the episode come out yet? I mean, it... I guess it will have by the time this episode comes out where we talk about how Adam Levine isn't as bad as the clan. That's next. That's the one before this. Okay. So it'll be released Thursday. Luke's face is very. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tangent. We went on. You gotta week. have your priorities set on who's what. I tell you. You know, I I did own a Panasonic camera. If, it, if, if oh. we need if we if we need a subject change, oh, that's so, a great great segue. Yeah. For real what a segue! Uh, um, yeah, actually, that's where that's where uh, that's where we got our start. My brother and you know Ben and I own a film company. My brother and I, and so we got our start uh, with the Panasonic uh, on the shoulder camera that uh, was uh, stop you know had stop motion abil- ability. You know where uh, where you could press a button and it would you know just take a short clip and uh, we used to do all sorts of um, stop motion films take us all day with a sonic camera so we'd do things with ninja turtles and make them you know have adventures and do things like that just uh, just just with slight movement over time so loved loved Look doing that now. 
Yeah. Uh, Luke, when are we going to make the Boy Meets World Fever short film? Mm, I mean, whatever you're ready, I guess. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. I mean, Cameron and I are on spring break. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just call up the original cast and see if they're doing anything and we'll get together. No, not Boy Meets World. If we're doing a film, we're getting (laughs) as many people on board as we can. Um, Well, I mean, they may be happy to just do something again after Girl Meets World. They may be thinking, boy, we... We really need to do something better. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that Panera commercial. Oh, the Panera hey. commercial. It was a delight. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Uh, it was Ben Savage and Danielle Fischel for Valentine's Day did a Panera oh. commercial. Yeah. And it now was I feel like I have wonderful. to see it. Yeah. It, was a, it, it was, was a movie trailer for like a Hallmark-esque movie where they meet over Panera and fall in love. Uh-huh. Oh, I love a it. A lot of callbacks to a bunch of like, like rom-com movies listen i think i think the the girl meets world was a great series outside of the girl from girl meets world like i felt like if they just brought back the full cast of boy meets world and went around with you know with uh, Corey and sean and we just had them in an adult version still living out lives with children i think i could have gotten on board completely with that series i think it would have been better we that's just me judgment on it yet i know yeah. i know you're not there it's it's disney though <laughs> Yeah. It is. Well, I just feel like it got Disney-ified is the issue. But I don't know. Wasn't it always Disney in some ways? I mean, I guess. I mean, it was ABC. It was ABC. ABC wasn't I mean, owned by Disney just yet. Not yet. Yeah. That's I think, true. I think actually this season is when Disney bought ABC. I think it was like 96. So it may have been next season or this season or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I think. I, I just know that from our uh, My Day with the President's Daughter episode when I had to look into that acquisition. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, uh, I won't. Uh, I won't dig too much into the future. I'll just. I'll hold my comments for all the. To join us I... every episode of when we get to Girl yeah. Meets World. <laughs> every episode. Your 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 daughter could join us. I bet she would enjoy. Is it? This, oh, she would actually love that. I'm sure. Is is it still Boy Meets World fever in Girl Meets World? Is that? Yeah, like... because we are the boy in Boy Meets World fever. I I understand. We've got a fever. <laughs> that works. Right. We, we we are meeting these two shows. That's why we're BG World fever on everything because <laughs> the g stands for girl in case in case any of our listeners are wondering yes the g there stands for girl well i suppose we should jump into this episode um cameron give us a synop all right so we are on episode 317 season 3 episode 17 the pink flamingo kid and it is chet hunter's birthday he still sucks um, and Sean and Corey decide to put a little video together from Sean's family in the trailer park. Um, so they do that, and Corey stumbles upon something much more interesting that could get him a lot of acclaim if he were to investigate. And so he and Sean kind of go back and forth on whether or not he should do this. Um, and also Eric gets up to some really good hijinks. Or should I say Kyle gets up to some really good hijinks. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to sell some junk. Wow, that was very detailed. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I had to get a jab in on Chet. Gotta, you gotta get a jab in on Chet. Because um, it starts, the episode starts with a call into Chet. I mean, technically it starts in the hallway outside where that call is happening. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of this episode? Just gut reaction before we talk about it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it was a good, it was a good episode. It, I, I mean, it's, uh, I don't think it was my, it's definitely not my favorite Boy Meets World episode, but I don't know. You know, I always have trouble when, when, uh, Corey and Sean 
well, without jumping too far ahead, when, when Corey and Sean kind of get into it, like, but really get into it, like we get past just like, you know, their normal yelling matches where they, you know, squabble over something, you know, mm-hmm. it, it always, it always makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just me personally, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan of conflict like that, but um, I, it's still good. I think this is a good conflict episode. Um, I think this episode is pretty good. Mm-hmm. it's fine and eric's wonderful i actually might disagree with you on that we'll get there oh i'll throw you through that window right now um <laughs> i mean he's still eric don't get me wrong but i had some thoughts about eric we'll get to it we'll get to it mm. um but we start out with uh mr turner being a little bit of a scamp <laughs> <laughs> well Corey is as well yes um this isn't our first episode that opens with Corey behind a camera Mm-mm. he did it at least once in season one mm-hmm. where he had his parents camcorder and broke it yep um this is our third Corey camcorder episode but second that opens with him with the camera. Mm-hmm. yeah i feel like they were really laying the groundwork down for him doing something like this mm-hmm. and then actually it's our fourth because he also where there was that episode the very first one in season one there was mm-hmm. um the janitor bud episode in this season this one now mm-hmm. And the wake up little Corey. Yeah, wake up little Corey. You're right. I was forgetting the janitor butt episode. So they were, I feel like they were laying the groundwork though for Corey being sort of this reporter um, that doesn't ever really go anywhere. I, I believe this is the last time we will see any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it just seems like something that he enjoys. They're kind of writing it to where you would enjoy it. Do you remember? Uh, does he? I was trying I to think of anything other than that, but I, I'd agree with Cameron. I think that it's you know I think the idea was going oh well you know maybe he gets into journalism or he you know or if we go I mean I don't know that they were thinking into college years yet, but uh, but they're thinking maybe later high school that it just continues to kind of grow into that uh, that role, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. When you said college, it made me realize there are two more Corey film episodes mm-hmm. in later seasons. So mm-hmm. this isn't the last time. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But I guess when you're writing a TV show, you don't necessarily know how long you're going to have to develop characters in that way. Just because it's like you kind of go season to season. Um, so it's like you really don't know always. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really weird because like when they go to college later on and i know we're jumping ahead but that's fine like they make what they're doing in college just so ambiguous mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> like but it, it, to the point of they always say degrees oh we'll get there yeah but i i feel like they didn't want to maybe pigeonhole the characters into like Corey's going for journalism because one of the one of the Corey being a journalist episodes will happen in season five uh-huh. when they're seniors yeah when they're seniors so but by season six it's done and he's just in college for a degree for whatever yeah mm-hmm. it's never it's never stated and even like topanga who's i think stated a few times she wants to be a lawyer like they still don't say like what her undergrad degree is mm-hmm. and they all take the same classes <laughs> yeah and they all take the same classes and from mr feeney and the yeah. dean the dean and uh dean and savage dean and the dean Fiend and the dean um, anyway this has been your glimpse into the future with <laughs> chance and cam we're well, gonna pull it back more our, our glimpse into what happens to this plot line nothing <laughs> nothing yeah the short answer is nothing but yeah Corey seems to be good at it and um but he's knocking on the door and yeah turner's like what are you doing matthews yeah he's like i'm filming can i come in and he's like sure he closes the door. Closes the door. <laughs> what are you hiding in there? My disdain for you. Yep. Um, good old Turner. And he's like, turn off the camera. I'll let you in. He's like, a good, dr- Mr. 
What's Eli's last Williams. name? Williams. Williams. So he's a good reporter. Always has his camera ready. And I guess like appealing to school made Turner be like, fine. Fine. I guess you were listening. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, we, we do a lot of videotape transfer, um, you know, and he actually, Turner does a really good job of being exactly like almost everybody in the 1990s on video camera. Essentially, they show their disdain immediately for the fact that you even have the camera on them in the first place. <laughs> and then they kind of give up on that and are okay with it for a little while. And then, you know, it's always a turn off the camera, turn off the camera. I mean, that's a very normal thing, you know, mm-hmm. so. And at what point did it become normal to just stick your tongue out anytime a camera was on you? Uh, Is no, that like, I feel a, like that's 2000. I think you're born with that desire, like to. Is mm-hmm. there talking about like, you know, with children and I feel like when you house. see like a, like looking at old videos mm-hmm. from not like nineties, but like maybe early two thousands, where I feel like if the camera's on anyone, they're like, nah, like sticking. Yeah. Out. I don't know. It is this, you know, video camera work as far as like uh, home videos, there are trends that take place. Like if you really look at like the 1950s, 1960s video camera, almost everybody on there will rave real big and then do a trick. Like there'll be some sort of trick that they know how to do and they do it. Like for the camera it you almost hear the guy on the other end it's soundless of course but you almost hear them saying okay do a trick and they do like some sort of performance trick like i mean it's the most bizarre things it's 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 crazy that yeah and when, then you know yeah that was when, when things to record things you used like birds inside stone cameras right correct mm-hmm. that's like this exactly. is like eight millimeter film on a reel you know where they're, they're not going to hear you so do something crazy and appealing you know oh but yeah, wow. <laughs> that was not the camera that, that not the camera that was being used in uh, no. this particular episode. Obviously, just a step above. It just, was two birds. Yes, <laughs> it was two. Birds. I do have I do have a couple of things to say, particularly about this camera. But I'm holding those because, as you know, one of the things I love to give is an alternative synopsis of the whole episode based off of my opinion, uh, based off of underlining weird things that I notice uh, through. Uh, throughout so mm-hmm. but I want to hold that and I'll and I'll share it with you a little later oh, that, that's why like, we bring you on it's a Jason scheme part two yeah. oh yes. yes it's not it's not quite as exhilarating as Jason scheme but I still think definitely will make you feel like you need to watch the episode one more time hmm. um, I do have a question a very important mm-hmm. question since you were on such a prominent Jason episode is Jason in Europe with Desiree right now or did Jason die of radon when he went home? I'm going to say Europe with Desiree, just because that's how I would want it to end. Okay. <laughs> and your yeah. headcanon, that's where he is. And yeah. the headcanon's all that really matters. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the last thing time you see Jason in the entire series, he's like, has your house been tested for radon? And then he walks off screen. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying. His house must have not been tested either. And uh, just got him. It's a silent killer. Radon. I mean, it literally is. That's why you have to get it tested. Okay. Just... <laughs> that's why i said that <laughs> thank you <laughs> i plead to all the listeners out there have your house checked for radon i think it's an um, important thing to remember every once in a while brought to you by your local radon testers <laughs> honestly don't know what radon is i don't really either i'm pretty sure it's only a big thing for houses with basements right i think so yeah we Maybe had to get something it, to do with okay, our house well, is built near the manhattan project <laughs> I'm afraid to say because this is being recorded and I don't want yeah. to be wrong. Well, <laughs> I embrace it. We're used to hey. it. It's a pow- it's powerful, man. I don't know many houses in Oklahoma that get tested for radon, but in Montana every few years, because every house in Montana has a furnished basement. Um, 
I don't know why. It's just a thing that it exists up there. Um, but every house gets tested for it on like once every two years or something. Hmm. Like it's you, you almost get like a sticker, like an oil change sticker. Like this was your last grade on test. So I've always associated it with basements. Anyway. I have no idea. I think anyway, that sounds just as good as anything. Uh, yeah. It works. Turner's good on camera. Jason's <laughs> not dead from radon. Okay. Because um, they don't have a basement. At least in their house, uh, the Matthews house, there's no basement. So we'd assume similar neighborhood, Jason probably wouldn't have a basement either. So no radons. He's with Desiree in Europe. He's with Desiree in Europe. Having a great time. His plan that Luke pointed out to us to win Desiree worked for life. Mm -hmm. It did. Got her. Like a charm. What if they had brought Desiree back for Girl Meets World? Girl Meets World. Well, we don't know because we've not, we can't talk about it. That's true. Anyway. Um, yeah, Corey is in the apartment now. Yes. And as Sean comes down, he's talking on the phone, talking to his dad. Who is apparently aboard Air Force One. Mm-hmm. Turner doubts it, though, because he heard people yelling in Spanish in the background, apparently. Could be. They could speak Spanish on Air Force One. Or maybe he was talking to the president of Mexico. I've, I've never been on it. I'm, I don't know. You've never been on Air Force One? Never, not once. But it's such a common it life seems, experience. I know it seems un- unlikely, but <laughs> you know it's one of those things you always are ashamed to admit. Uh, wow. Our listeners can't relate to you <laughs> at all. <laughs> I feel like they could have done a whole side series on the adventures of Sean's dad as he you know, goes across the country, you know, like, I mean, like they could have just done a whole different um, spinoff to Boy Meets World that just followed him. Mm-hmm. This is the second time in three weeks we talked about spinoffs. <laughs> I just don't know if I would watch that though. I think I would if the stories were true. I, I, I would watch that series, but I like the end of every season, I would want like Chet to wake up from sleeping on the job as a waiter in some dive bar. <laughs> <laughs> Every season. Yeah, like every season. And at the start of each season, it's like, I finally left my job at the dive bar. And you're like, great. Yes. Wonderful. And then at the end, he wakes up and he's in Bob Newhart's bed. (laughs) Do you remember? remember? There's like Newhart. Like Bob Newhart had two shows. And there was the first one. I forget which one's which. I think the second one was Newhart. And the way that it ended is he wakes up in like the final scene and he turns on the light and in bed with him is his wife from the first show and he's in the set from the first show and the entire second show was a dream of his character from the first show this is like saint elsewhere's and it's like beginning crazy where they're all in a snow globe yeah well yeah. they're all in an, a, a boy with it's, it's like the last mind. the last season of roseanne isn't that what they kind of did like where uh-huh. dan's been dead the whole time and then you know, Wait, it's like the, the whole thing. Roseanne yeah, the last, places. yeah, the last season of Roseanne gets weird because they get all rich, and then you know she wakes up and Dan died, and it's like her, this is her like whole like uh, way of dealing with the grief as they get rich, and then he leaves her, and she can't stand it, and then yeah, and then when the new show came out, he's like, he's alive. You know, I'm alive. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so, so only the so last he... season is a dream? Uh huh. I think so. Yeah, the last season. Wow. I remember right. Yeah, you need to go back and watch it. It, it gets pretty intense there at the end. I'm not going to go back and watch Roseanne. No. <laughs> I never watched it the first time. My mom, I want to say, it was either my mom or my dad really liked it. But I, I, I just, never... I know it, it tops up there as one of the weirdest sitcom endings like of all time. Well, I mean, all of these shows are part of the Tommy verse <laughs> that was established in St. Elsewhere. And none of them are, they're, they're all dreams within dreams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Because. <laughs> Let's move along. Anyway, look up the Tommy verse. You'll love it. Will I? 
Yeah, because like something else sort of crossed over with other shows that crossed over with other shows. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I probably would like that. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to this show that we do, you know we like that uh, sort of thing. Boy Meets World is actually like directly in like a straight line to the Tommyverse because of all of the TGIF crossovers that happen. Fantastic. So like mm-hmm. the TGIF crossovers pretty much like eradicate the entire universe. I think it's because Urkel shows up on Step by Step. I think that's the big thing that happens that mm-hmm. like eradicates the whole. And doesn't Urkel universe. at one point say like, I got a letter from my friend Corey Matthews in Philadelphia. Something like that. Huh. And Salem the cat comes yeah. and transports them all back to World War II. Yeah. Sabrina has two crossovers with. Yeah. Sabrina mm-hmm. pops in. Yeah. Yeah. Because she comes in herself too. Yeah. So yeah. And that like just eliminates pretty much the whole universe. Oh, wow. Well, if we need to, uh, we can keep that in our back pocket when things start to unravel (laughs) in terms of the timeline. We cannot invoke the Tommyverse because it is too convoluted and complicated. Anyway, we should probably talk about this episode (laughs) because it's true. We've done nothing. Um, Clinton is the president. Took Uh note of that. Yeah. I mean, we knew that, but it's just interesting that they would reference that real world thing. Always fun. And Sean's shirt is good. He has a good shirt. Like both his shirts, all three are good. In his quality episode. outfit. It is my first time I've ever seen Sean and been like, I would wear those clothes. I like it. This is growth. We call that growth around here on Boy Meets World Fever. Um, yeah, but so Chet is like lying to his kid for what we don't know where he is, but he's just like, yeah, I'm hanging with the president. And I, I, I don't know if Sean actually believes any of it, but he plays along with it. Um, and then he's like, well, I guess I'll let you go because the president needs the phone, whatever, whatever. And he doesn't even get to say happy birthday to his dad. Or sing saying happy, happy birthday, birthday to his dad. And his dad just kind of hangs up. And I just wrote down, Chet, Chet sucks. Chet's just not a good dad, mm-hmm. which we've established yeah. on this show. Right. Yeah. It's just like... His specter is looming over this episode and it bums me out. Yeah, I think it bums Turner out too. I think the actor who plays Turner, who I'm just blanking on his name. Anthony Tyler Quinn. Yeah, Anthony Tyler Quinn. I think he does a good job of acting and being like, gosh, I hate this for Sean. Because mm-hmm. it, would, it would really just be awful. Yeah. To like see this teenager that you've gotten really attached to and really care a lot about and just see them kind of get strung along in some way by their parent. Yeah. Yeah, Corey's oblivious. Uh-huh. Corey knows nothing. That's just the way it goes. Um, and then he says, or Sean is talking, he's like, family's really important to the hunters. And I just wrote, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> since, <laughs> since when? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll talk about it a lot more later. But I think like family, especially because we've got varied perspectives at the table right now, it's going to be a, a conversation we have later. Uh-huh. Sorry. That was a big yawn. Daylight savings. Mm-hmm. Daylight savings time yawn. Oh, yes. Daylight savings. Yes. Just the worst. Um, let's throw everyone's sleep schedule off by an hour. Well, talk about it. Every time we have daylight savings, somebody always says, well, you know, there's a bill that just got introduced. They say it every time. But, I don't know, but the bill that was introduced two weeks ago, have you looked at it? No, it, it, it just got introduced. It uh, establishes a universal standard for daylight savings so that other, so that counties and states can't opt out and it legally mandates daylight savings. It is a bill that would more firmly entrench it, mm. which is the opposite. Politicians are very good at knowing what people want mm-hmm. and then doing the opposite of that. That is true. I don't know. I just can't understand. I mean, we just, we managed to pass another, you know, or a trillion dollar 
you know, bill just a few weeks ago, which don't get me wrong, everybody's ready to spend that money. But uh, but we can't manage to fix daylight savings time. I just don't, I feel like one would be so much easier than the other, but it's not. <laughs> there, there has got to be. Of all the things to disagree on. There has got to be, and I don't know what it is, but there's got to be a corporation out there massively profiting off of daylight savings or some racist reason for it to exist just like honestly probably both yes i haven't looked into it but like the way that some people fight to keep daylight savings i feel like it only makes sense i don't know but i don't know i don't know any of those people like who is the people fighting for it i mean you said yourself you can't get a bill passed and the bill introduced two weeks ago is like daylight savings absolutely yes or you're going to jail. <laughs> I don't know about the jail part. Well, yeah. For, but probably a fine $70,000 cuz you'll try to take it off of Twitter and then you'll get fined. Oklahoma has one of those right now. Where it's like oh. if you if Twitter were to delete someone's tweet, they would be fined like a bunch of money for censorship. <laughs> I just, I oh, the important thing is we still live in one of the greatest nations in the world. <laughs> Boy, so. I'd hate to see what it's like in those other places. <laughs> this is the greatest one. One, I said one of the Cameron. Be careful. It's like I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> it just sounds awful everywhere else. Then I'm just saying, <laughs> guys. I said as a joke a few minutes ago that daylight savings probably has some racist reason to exist. It definitely does because slavery. Well, like I said it as a joke, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, it's making me really bummed out how plausible that is. <laughs> like, I can't just dismiss it. Oh. Oh. I would like to live in a different reality, please. I want to live in Someday one of the worst countries. <laughs> Let's go to Constantinople. I've, I've been oh, to a couple of them. It's in Istanbul now, I know. That's definitely one of the yeah. worst ones. <laughs> anyway, if you're listening from yeah. Turkey, thank you. <laughs> uh, you have a lovely, lovely country. Um, just... Not as free as you deserve it to be. It's true. It's, it's true. Clearly, we do great things with our freedom here in this country. We, we do. I think. No. <laughs> um, after what happened in Norman this last week. Um, We're so free, we change the time twice a year just because we can. <laughs> just because we can. <laughs> Take that time. Luke, did you hear That's about it. Norman's great scandal? Oh, no. I'm afraid. What was our great scandal? The Norman High Girls? Oh, well that, we didn't do that. No, no. We were the victims. Yes, <laughs> we were the victims of big live streaming. Um, basically, the state, the girls' state basketball tournament was this weekend. And the first game for Norman High, which is not the school I work at. I work at Norman North High. But Norman uh-huh. High, like, they knelt at the um, national anthem. And th- this guy who runs an organization called like the national high school sports association or something. Their, their big thing is like live streaming um, sporting events on the internet. He thought his mic was cut. So he's like, what are they doing? Are they, are they kneeling? Like those F and N words, but he said oh, the actual, no. like, the actual stuff. He's like, I hope they lose. He's like, and like all this stuff. He, he, just... He's like cussing saying he hopes that they get their butts kicked and they lose the uh. whole thing. <laughs> but he like called them the N word. Oh like, my God! One of the greatest countries in the world. <laughs> one of the greatest. Well, listen, countries. that's uh, you know the the good news is that um, we we have a freedom that enables us to kneel during the national anthem, <laughs> and even though the guy was an idiot, he has a freedom to express his opinion, and we have a freedom not to listen to him anymore. 
So, yes, so, exactly. So, um, all of that comes from being a member of the one of the greatest nations in the world. And, that's true. and uh, because we have the rights to do all of those things. You know, I am happy to say that I don't think a single character introduced so far would get angry at anyone in the Boyman's World universe for kneeling during the national anthem. I think that I'll be like, yeah, you do you. You do you. Maybe Alan. I could see Alan. What I, about Feeney? Oh, oh, no, they have a whole episode about the Pledge of Allegiance. And, and sitting like abstaining from doing the Pledge of Allegiance and stuff. And he's like, that's your, that's your it right. It became a bigger sort of trap. Maybe I missed that piece. It was in first <laughs> season. Yeah. It, it's a plant. Topanga doesn't ah. say the pledge. And, right. I remember now. Yep. Yeah, okay. Before he gets worked up about it. That's right. Good on you, Boy Meets World. A world where everyone would be like, yeah, you can kneel during the national anthem. Anyway. Yeah. Chet sucks. <laughs> All that to say, Chet's the worst. It, it, Chet. It, the actor who plays Chet is very charismatic. He does such a good job. Yeah, he does such a good job. But like when you have like Chet interaction without Chet and his charisma, he like sucks 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not good. Um, and then we cut to... Well, the... it's established that Corey is going to help Sean. Oh, yes. Take like get some video equipment, go down to the trailer park. And, like they're going to make a video for his dad with all the family wishing him happy birthday. Yeah, happy his family's birthday. important. All of what we just said to say. That one, I, and, and I did have the question: Where are they sending the video? Yeah, how do they know where? <laughs> the White House. <laughs> just send it to the White House. Just like, I just don't know. There's no internet at this point. Yeah, well, it, there is. That's a good question. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know where they're sending this video. But they make the decision to do it. They're they're excited about it, and we cut to the hallway of John Adams. Mm-hmm. Is this the only scene that takes place in the school? Or no, no there's, there's quite a few. Okay, yeah. Or at least there's at least, at least, one, two. At least one or two more. Um, but Corey comes to Sean and says, I got all the video equipment. Um, and then Mr. Williams comes, Eli, and he's talking like, Corey, I saw you check out all that equipment. Corey is being very familiar with Mr. Williams. Mm-hmm. And he's not making him feel comfortable with feeling so familiar. Mm-hmm. Which I just thought was kind of a funny exchange. But he's like, hey, Matthews. Yeah, hey, Williams, comma, mister. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, yeah. slap me some skin. He's like, no, <laughs> not on your life. <laughs> yeah. That, there's definitely a racial undertone to that, but it's not a bad one. It's a, it's a funny one. But it, it's, it sets the future engagement up uh, really nicely, too, when, when they're standing in the hall together and, and they're, they're kind of paired up where Williams and Corey are together. And, and it, that, that kind of jumps ahead. But uh, mm, yeah. And I'm just going to say it. I think Eli is my favorite character of season three. Oh, by far. He does such a great job. And in this episode, so good. He's so good. And like, just every time Eli is on screen, I'm just like, yes, more of you, please. <laughs> oh, what, how different would this show have been? I'm just like now like sighing about what could be. If like in the later seasons, Eli had become more of a mentor to Corey mm-hmm. and like helped him in his like, pursuit of media because yeah, it definitely feels that way where it's like sean has turner eric has feeney eric has feeney and then Corey would have eli and i feel like that'd be a really good like all three of them kind of being mentored by these three older teachers or not they're not old teachers but three teachers mm-hmm. they've all kind of fallen under i feel like it'd be a really interesting story but it, it never really happens and that's great representation you've got like a mentor a british a- man <laughs> but isn't some of the some of it is just kind of the falling to i mean the, the idea is as boy means world Corey is just kind of he's kind of mentored by everyone right i mean it's like mm-hmm. all the adults the adult figures in his life he's got feeney he's got turner mm-hmm. he's got his father and his mother and they all they all kind of feed into him in different 
avenues in different ways. And, uh, and then he in turn, you know, feeds into Sean based off of his, you know, moral, um, uh, judgments uh, and and the information's given to him by all these people that surround them. Yeah, your 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 take is much more generous than mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about like because my take would, would be more like yes, you're right. That's the intent, but in <laughs> practice, people try to teach Corey things, yet he remains insufferable, and everyone has a growth arc around him except for him. <laughs> <laughs> they sure try though. <laughs> yes. You can't um, knock him for trying. I mean, I agree with you that that is totally the intent, but like watching, especially I, watching it, like the way we're watching it. Yeah. It's like, you can definitely see it not play out <laughs> yes. the way that you, like, if you're just watching it, like if I have it on the background, I'm like, Oh yeah, he's like learning and growing and blah, blah, blah. But it's like going an episode at a time and really diving in. It's just like, no, not really actually. Yeah. yeah. One of the episodes I'm looking forward to the least is we're going to get to an episode in college. I'm pretty sure where we have to deal with Corey, like being average and wanting to find his, like his niche in the world. And it's just like, we had an entire season two of that, of that thing, <laughs> of that plot. <laughs> it, 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 it never was resolved clearly. Um, so mm. yeah, I just, man, thinking like, what would it have been like if like Eli had been like Corey's mentor? Mm-hmm. And yeah. mostly because I just want Eli around more. Uh-huh. He, deserved, he deserved better. Recently, we gave him MVP for an episode for like one line. It was just so good. I think it was last episode. It was last episode. Well, the last episode was not good. There wasn't a lot to build off of. This episode's much better. Yes. Which you wouldn't think by how little we've talked about it. It's but, true. Uh, this is the maybe name. a lot of editing. A lot of editing for you there, Cameron. Let's... Oh, it, it'll all, it'll oh, it'll, all keep. It'll all keep. It's, it's a good conversation. It's, just a certain, it's a certain something we bring to the conversation of Boy Meets World that other podcasts don't. And that's the not talking about Boy Meets World. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I've, I think I've listened to more episodes of uh, Shit 90s Pod and... Boy meets girl meets boy meets world than you. Uh-huh. I, think we're, I, I think we're just right. We're on. just we're, we fit right in. Okay, <laughs> I think we fit right in with rats. The... We got to figure out something else to differentiate. Well, our disdain for Adam Levine and the Ku Klux Klan, of course. <laughs> yeah, those other groups. You didn't hear from me, but they love them. <laughs> no, no, they no, don't. Stop that. <laughs> they don't. They don't love them. They do not love the the Klan. <laughs> I don't know about Adam Levine, but I can say for certain they don't love the claim. <laughs> Luke is looking no, at this like we're insane. I don't even know what to do with this. So. It's really it's, uh, gone somewhere. Anyway. Really, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, we're now five five minutes into the episode. <laughs> yes. Corey and Eli talk about a news contest that he really thinks Corey should enter because he's actually a pretty talented filmmaker, which we learned through the janitor bud thing. It's oh, pretty true. He does, he does a good job. Um, and he's like, well, I already said I was going to do this for Sean. Like, and he's very reluctant about it, but he does like say, yeah, we're going to do it. And then that's kind of the end of that. Mm-hmm. And then who should enter the scene, but Feeney and Eric, because Eric doesn't ever hang around anybody else. Yes. Just Feeney and the parents. Yep. Feeney, the parents, and sometimes Turner and Eli. Uh-huh. So he's carrying a box of stuff for Feeney. He's not for wearing some underwear. Reason. He's like, don't dawdle, Mr. Matthews. Like, I'm not dawdling. I'm just not wearing any underwear. It, 
Okay. Doesn't really give us any indicator as to why he's not wearing underwear. It's just such a random. So Feeney also agrees. He's like, yeah, that's too much. Yeah, that's too much information. Um, Feeney's getting some stuff appraised. Eric's like, who would want this junk? And Feeney's like, this lamp is worth eight hundred dollars. He's like, without a bulb, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, without a bulb, yeah, right. Um, and I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't know why this scene specifically. Eric is good in the in following scenes but this scene specifically it seemed i i just didn't like eric i can't i can't explain why it seemed like someone was doing an impression of eric like because the underwear thing it just kind of comes out of nowhere oh, that was definitely kind of weird and like it, it doesn't really mean anything and the whole like without a light bulb thing like it's kind of funny it's like we'll go into business together yeah we'll call eric and sons eric and sons and it's like yeah, Eric is stupid. We get it. But like, I don't know. It just wasn't landing with me like Eric normally does. <laughs> the tag at the end, that is the Eric that I know. Uh-huh. I feel like the other stuff after this is is funny too. Yeah. And maybe I just, maybe I, and we're, maybe we're getting into dumb Eric instead of himbo Eric. Mm. Oh, we definitely are. And I'm just not ready for it. I don't know. Yeah. It's a slow, it's a slow slide though. You know, we, did, we drift just a bit at a time. Yeah. Like, no underwear, Eric, definitely seems more dumb, Eric. Like, where we're getting into that. It's like he's not wearing underwear because he forgot somehow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there just didn't seem to be like a. Or he had an accident that made. He had an accident. He had an accident that ended in him not wearing underwear. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, we don't. Him giving the picture to Sean, the, the family portrait to Sean, and being like, here, take this, and him leaving. Like, that's really funny to me. Like, there's a purpose to that joke. It sets something up. But just like, don't dawdle, Mr. Matthews. I'm not dawdling. I'm not wearing any underwear. Like, there's no there's no purpose to that joke. Like, uh-huh. I, yeah. I'm just now kind of like verbally processing why this is. Yeah, there's no like callback to it. It doesn't serve a purpose. It's and just it's like, like funny, I guess. But not after you think about it for a moment. But maybe it's just, it's cheap. It's cheap humor. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, 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 it's not quite bathroom humor, cheap humor, but it's still kind of like, uh, it's, yeah. it's a two, it's a, it's an easy pop. It's like a precursor to a 2000 MTV kind of yeah. humor. Yeah. And like, cause Eric's humor to this point has been like thinking a, a word is another word. Like, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on any examples, but he does it a lot. Yeah. Or like if being an idiot was in the Olympics, you'd win a Nobel Prize. Yeah, yeah. That sort of stuff. Yeah, that kind well, of... Well, like, just if the, if the joke were, if it was a setup for something later, like his, you know, pants caught on fire and he couldn't take them off or, you know, there's something, there's, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, that. yes, there's some other reason for him to, you know, if that, that would make much more sense if there was a setup for the joke and landed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like there was the setup and the misdirection, but there was no prestige. To make it, yeah, you know, you just need turn. those are called. I, I think of those, and I think they're they're laugh track jokes, right? They're the ones you need the laugh track to laugh at. Like if if the laugh track didn't tell you to laugh, you wouldn't laugh. Yeah, it's not that funny. I don't know. This whole scene just seemed really weird to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Eric didn't work for me in it, and I thought it was odd. Like I, I think I wrote something down. Oh, and yeah, because there was the whole like Fanny Feeny thing. Like my great aunt Fanny, Fanny oh, Feeny. Feeny. Don't go there. The Feeney had a really great timing there, though. He did. There's like a good pause of him, just like, "What am I gonna? What, what am I even supposed to say?" And he's like, "Don't go there." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feeney's great. Feeney seems like Feeney. Feeney, this whole episode, I feel like is just like hitting it. Yeah, yeah. left and right. He he's really pulling his weight in this episode. I don't know. 
just this Eric for some reason was off to me. I just wanted to say that, but basically Eric thinks, oh, if Mr. Feeney's junk is worth something, all junk is worth something. So I'm going to get my junk, go into business with Feeney and his junk, and we're going to sell it and make Eric and Sons. And Mr. Feeney says, very fun. Again, Feeney makes this funny. I didn't think Eric was funny. He goes, I see why you get top billing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I usually love those two together, but yeah, this scene kind of. And I, I, like I said, I think it gets better later. It really does. This is just sort of the setup. It's the pitch. Yeah. They knock it out of the park later. I, like I said, I thought it was really weird that I like noticed something was off with Eric. Cause like, he's such a joke character. You wouldn't think like you would, but what, just watching it the way I was, I was like, this, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, this feels, this feels off. Um, so then we cut to the trailer park. The return, the return of, of beloved Uncle Mike. Uncle Mike. Just, just a great character. Uh, give us your thoughts on Uncle Mike, Luke. I like Uncle Mike. I think I think uh, I think he's I don't know he's the, the a classic convict uncle. I guess I don't know. I I never really thought too much about him to be honest. <laughs> you know, even even here, it wasn't my he wasn't he, you know he wasn't one that I popped back on a lot. You know, it was just kind of you know he helped set the scene. So mm-hmm. why did, is there what's the what are we what do you feel about how do you feel about Uncle Mike? Oh, I think he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's just the actor or how they write for him. But like earlier when we had Uncle Mike's garage and he was the, fixing the motorcycle, just his whole, every, uh, he was a joke machine. Uh-huh. His like 1600 hours of work. Well, it sure felt like it. <laughs> uh-huh. Shawnee's the scholar of the family. <laughs> I, I think you're telling me the truth. <laughs> And, and even this, like, you set me up, Sean. You set me up, but there is no Uncle Mike. I'm just an old shut-in living on my pension. How you doing, Uncle Mike? What do you know? Nothing. Then I'm wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, he's good. Uh, maybe the problem lies with you, outsider. <laughs> it's, it's for that. I don't know. I just think he's a joke machine. He was a laugh riot. Mm-hmm. We stand Uncle Mike here <laughs> at a Boy Meets World Fever. Uh, do you remember our experience with a different Uncle Mike? I was just thinking about that. <laughs> so, Luke, when we were in college, I think was a senior year. No, it would have been before because it was Curse Seven. But ev- everybody on our floor, we lived in the dorms, and everybody on the floor, because it was like super nerd floor, um, we loved it. But everybody was really into Magic the Gathering. And so we were on the hunt to get some Magic cards. And apparently this was a time when it kind of blew up. And everybody was wanting them because you couldn't find them anywhere. Yeah. So I don't know how we got there. As someone told us, I think, because I think they just heard Magic cards. And we're like, oh, there's that store downtown. Uh-huh. But they were thinking like alternative cards, which again happens to us in Uncle Mike's, in Uncle Mike's well. store. But there's a store called Uncle Mike's Novelty yeah. Shop or something. So we go in, just me and Chance, <laughs> two simple, simple boys simple going boys. in. And it's just this store filled with like a lot of crystals, crystals, incense. a lot of drug paraphernalia. I feel like yeah. some objects of a sexual nature. Drug paraphernalia. What are you in nineties PSA? I am. <laughs> that one where the Ninja Turtles and uh, all the other cartoon characters helped that one boy get off drugs has really stuck with me to this day. Okay. I think it was actually just Michelangelo. It wasn't any of the others. Um, that that's a great episode. 
but maybe for a different series. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe that'll be your. We can do a PSA. 19, 19, 1980s. Uh, there's, I think that Boy Meets World has a couple of PSA episodes, don't they? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, we'll yes. get to them. We haven't yet. Yeah. But like we go in and we're like, do you guys have any magic cards? <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> they're like, no. But we think, and they directed us to like, they're like, there's, this, local there's, this, uh, there's this Wiccan shop <laughs> over behind KFC. That you could probably find some. And we were like, okay. I don't think that's it. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> So like the person we originally talked to, or maybe it was just me originally talked to them. I don't know. We basically like mistook what we were looking for for tarot cards. And then like these people did too. I love it. I mean, I wouldn't put it past us considering in Stillwater where we went to college, the local strip club was called the Dragon's Lair. Right. Chance as a freshman. He didn't realize that that's what it was. He just knew the name was, was Dragon's Lair. And if you think something called the Dragon's Lair, you're like, that's a nerd place. Yeah. It's like, I thought it was going to sell like game shop or whatever. And so he talks to our, like our campus minister and like one of the first yeah. times meeting them, like, oh yeah, the Dragon's Lair. I've been meaning to get over there. <laughs> I did. And he's just like, uh, <laughs> I said those exact words, but he totally understood because he and his wife walked into Christie's toy box. Um, thinking to it was a toy store? <laughs> huh? Thinking it was a toy store? Yeah, thinking it was a toy yeah. store to buy something for their son. <laughs> We're just simple people. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. There it was. Uncle Mike. <laughs> Uncle Mike. We had a very different experience with Uncle Mike. Um, I'm sure it was a lovely store. I just hadn't been exposed to anything like that at that point uh-huh. in my life. I'm just like, this is strange. Yeah. Now that I'm, my horizons have been more broadened. I'd probably still be like, well, this is strange, but cool. Yeah. Now that now I know it's like just kind of the new age thing. I know they don't sell magic cards. They do not. <laughs> or tarot decks. But Walmart does now. So if I'm ever in the mood, I can just go to Walmart and buy some Magic the Gathering cards. You want to buy a dual deck and not go really. to town? I don't. We haven't played Magic since college. So this will not become a Magic the Gathering podcast. Although... For the right price, it could. Uh, <laughs> middle-aged human podcast humans might uh, become a... That was a bad name, man. <laughs> uh, that was yeah. so bad. That's our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast. I like it. Human podcast great. humans. <laughs> Isn't there? Oh, is it, there's an SNL an SNL short series that has like the middle aged mutant ninja turtles that are that <laughs> they do. You need to look that up. It's hysterical. Oh, I, uh, will. I will. It's so funny. Middle aged nerdy podcast humans. That's better. <laughs> Not much better, <laughs> but better. Um, anyway, this is the, the podcast now. So uh, mm-hmm. the first episode of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We I, open <laughs> night in the city. I, I, it's there, been so long. There's pizza. I'm sure of it. Michelangelo's a party. I'm pretty sure it introduces with Crane the Brain, doesn't it? Isn't that one of the very first episodes? Doesn't it start with it's Crane the Brain? It's got to be. Anyway. It does. The Foot Clan. Something <laughs> is a foot with the Foot Clan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so they're trying to make a video for Sean's dad for his birthday. But mm-hmm. the hunters are all they're criminals. being pretty tight lipped about it. Yes. I don't I part of me thinks that this is some sort of classist BS. They're saying all these things, all these poor white people living in the trailer park are all criminals. But well it's a very particular it's a particular trailer park that they're all criminals. Not all trailer parks. I mean, mm-hmm. just 
that particular one's a little shady. You know, I was going to bring this up later, but I'm going to bring it up now. This whole thing actually makes Sean's life a lot more tragic because like apparently his entire family is in this one community in this trailer park. And nobody took him in. And no one took him in and like they all well, I mean of- it sounds like Eddie gave him the opportunity to come back though and said, you know, shouldn't you this is where you belong, essentially. And he says, I'm happy where I am. Yeah, but he doesn't give him, like, a tangible way to come back. Mm. Like, and every time, like, anyone goes out of town, Sean has to stay with the Matthews. And Chet, when he left, doesn't, like... Say, hey, Uncle Mike, my brother. Yeah. Could you watch my son? Like, there's this whole community, and apparently it's, like, full of Sean's family. Uh-huh. And tight-knit, according to Sean. Yeah, and, and, and tighten it, and, like, you can get, get literally just yell, like, all hunters. We and, didn't do it. Yeah, they all yell back, we didn't do it. Um, and that, like, makes things a lot more. So I'm going to get into my, my shady past just for a second. Oh, boy. But, like, one of the things that probably hurt the most when, like, everything was kind of going down in my life, and I've shared a little bit about what happened, is, like, the the people, like, the aunts and uncles and all, all the cousins and everything that people like on media would be like, Oh yeah, these people will be there for you. Like none of them ever were like, there's still some that I have not heard from since I was like 14. And like that really hurt. And even now, like some of, I'm saying like a lot, I apologize, but you have nothing to apologize <laughs> for a chance. But even now in this point in my life, if some of them like try to come back into my life, I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. where were you when I needed you nowhere that's what I thought and it's just like one of those things it's really hard <laughs> and I mean Sean obviously at least at this point doesn't have that kind of experience with his family but I wonder if it's kind of coming uh-huh. does that make Surely sense well, you kind of you kind of see that lesson kind of come well I mean not not to jump way 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 forward but we we kind of end with that lesson by the end of the episode where you almost gives that um you know Feeney gives him the talk and he kind of has that epiphany of well maybe friends can be tighter you know yeah definitely yeah i mean when you point that out it does make it like really sad that all this family like no like and they're still just like hey sean we're so proud of you but it's like are you are, are you it's like you're a family we're family but you are you're in need and you're living with a stranger yeah essentially like being part of this and being inside inside the family is important and you're outside the family. Yeah. And we let you be. And, and maybe it's a thing like, maybe it was Chet's idea. Maybe Chet was like, the last people I want you to live with are these people. <laughs> and, and maybe it is a sweet gesture from Chet, but we don't see any of uh-huh. that. All we know is like, Sean was in need. And even, even in that very episode where Turner takes in Sean, he's like, fine, if you don't want me and no one else wants me, like I'm out of here. Like, I don't need this. Mm -hmm. And he's never like, oh, I've got all these people at the trailer park I can go stay with. He's like, no one wants me. So I don't know. It just, it it struck me as very tragic watching the episode. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) No, definitely not. I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, so they, they make the video. They end up just doing it where everybody's like in a shadow with their voices altered saying, happy birthday, Chet. We love you. From this undisclosed location. <laughs> I will say, Sean reading the statement prepared by his grandma's attorney <laughs> is really kind of fun. It's quite funny. <laughs> to my alleged son, Chet. <laughs> Happy birthday. 
this uh, statement is in no way <laughs> an admission of guilt <laughs> for the people versus Greta Hunter. <laughs> Your uncle's insane. It was an option, but he never <laughs> took the. He never played the that plea. way. He never played that way. Yeah, and then as they, they're all very happy with the way the video is turning out, which is good for them. Uh-huh. Um, it's just like the 1950s where everyone you just wave at the camera and you're happy 19, about it. It's a 1990s theme. We're just gonna, we're just glad to get a little bit of it. We're good. <laughs> this, that was the trend in the 90s. Is uh, everyone acts like a criminal? That one, that one, and get hit, getting hit in the nuts by a ball mm. was another big 90s video trend, according to America's Funny Home. <laughs> I was about to that say that is true. Maybe. Oh, that's a dangerous trend. Yeah. TikTok challenge. Testicular torsion is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't talk enough about it <laughs> don't hit people should, that's all i'm saying there should be an S, spa about it i think we should do an an SPA? SPA. <laughs> a special public announcement. A special public service public a public a psa <laughs> He got there. I think there's, think there's going to have to be one on daylight savings time too. It's affecting everything. This is your brain. <laughs> smash, smash, smash. This is your brain on daylight savings time. Oh. Any questions? <laughs> I think it's good. And scene. Don't scene. get me started on that commercial because it's one of my favorites of all time. It is good. Anyway, we can do a, a bonus episode on PSAs because there's some really good ones. You you know my love. You know my favorite. Is it drugs? The drugs, meth, drugs? No, it's the meth one. Oh, the meth. The meth one is so disturbing. Meth. Ooh, meth. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we have to stop. Oh, no, I we don't. So. Daylight savings time. Why do you do this? So the Hunter family. It's probably him. Ted Cruz that sponsored that bill, wasn't it? <laughs> probably. Oh gosh. It probably was. I hate that man. <laughs> so anyway, the Hunter family's motto is "We didn't do it," which is also funny. Mm-hmm. So as they're as they're wrapping up, we're introduced to a new character, which we have to put on the timeline. Uh-huh. Well, we don't. We don't. Not at this point in the episode, we don't. You're right. You're right. But a boy named Eddie and his gang of toughs. Yeah, the little boy, the little eleven year old. I should have. It doesn't up. make sense. Oh, he yes. doesn't make sense. He doesn't make sense in this entourage of boys that are taking computers. Like it, it does. I mean, does anybody else think he just doesn't fit? Oh yeah, definitely think he doesn't fit. It's for the comedy. But isn't that actor, I feel like I've seen him before in Boy Meets World. Have I not? IMDb. I should have looked it up, but I just never did. I don't even know if I like him for the politi- or for the, uh, for the for the for the comedic element though. I almost yeah, think it would have been fit. better it would have been better served if it was a little girl and like he'd call him his kid sister or something and she trails around with him on everything. You know, oh, then you get funny. like the knee kick, the knee kick and those other things they would have uh, fit a lot better. Yeah, it, it would have like. been like much more 90s funny. Oh, he's wait, I Power Rangers. He is. He's the Blue Turbo Ranger. That's why I recognized him. Oh, man, I can't believe that's Justin from Power Rangers. Okay. Yeah, he's only Danny, only this one character in Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. But he was in Power Rangers. Yeah, that's where I recognized him from. Did he ever do anything else? Um, A few things. He was in Walker, Texas Ranger. The Brady Bunch in the White House. <laughs> you know, just big, big stuff. Was he Bobby? Um, Bobby. Peter. He was Peter? He was older at that point. This was six years later. Oh, okay. Um, he was in the mo- a video called Thunder Kick. So no. Your answer is no. He never did it. I want to see what Thunder Kick is. Looks good. It's a 7.2 out of 10. Oh my. Well, We're down a rabbit hole now. <laughs> you know, 
we joked about having a segment called Cameron Google's things, but it's really <laughs> becoming an actual segment. That better than the Pinterest email segment we it used to do. Infinitely better than the Pinterest email segment. What is podcasting if not growth? <laughs> Realizing what sticks and what doesn't stick with no feedback. Uh, that's true. That's true. So yeah, there's this character, Eddie, he's got a entourage, one with an 11 year old who will go on to be a power ranger. Um, the 11 year old changes his ways. Yes. The 11 year old is not funny. Like you said, um, I didn't think you worked in the gang. Mm-hmm. No, there's some scary 11 year olds. You work with, them. I work with them. <laughs> you work with them. I don't know. I feel like Eddie was really the only one that worked in the gang. And uh-huh. the 11 year old was the only one with any, you know, any, it seemed like he was the only one that had any part really outside of, you know, just being kind of the backup bruisers, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It didn't. It. I mean, I understand it for the for what they did, but again, I think it would have been funnier if they gave a purpose. Like you didn't. It was just like he was an eleven year old hanging out with these other ruffians from the like the underwear joke. Park. It was just for that one thing. Yeah, yeah. It was just it didn't make much sense. Um, I like that you used the word ruffians. Yes, you very happy. You you scoundrels, scallions. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> it is not a tough guy bully thing to say. I'm gonna make you bark. That's what, yeah. That's just weird. A Power Ranger would never say that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It was definitely a. Uh, it was an odd line. Uh, I, that's 11. all. Yes. I can make you bark. What? Okay. Um, what little Danny? <laughs> uh, yeah. It was. But they're giving Sean a hard time for thinking he's better than them and moving out of the trailer park. And Sean's just kind of trying to get away from him. Uh-huh. Tries to take Corey's camera. Yeah. Um, and calls Corey Corky Dorky, Corky which, Dorky. Is, which is a fun name. Um, and then that's kind of it. They leave yeah. yep. at that point. Yep. And then we cut to Eric. He's cleaned out some stuff out of the attic. Yeah, he's cleaned some stuff out of the attic. Um, he They make him look very disheveled. And then his parents are like, what are you doing with all that junk? And he just lets out this maniacal laugh. <laughs> junk. It's treasures. Ooh, sorry. Treasures, I say. Well, that might be later. Oh yeah, that is later. No, yeah, that's that's later. This is, is um, he does have that laugh. Yeah, he lets out this maniacal laugh. Um, and he basically explains to his parents like he wants all the junk. And they're like, sure, you can clean out the garage in the attic. <laughs> yes, do that. You'll sure get one over on us. Yeah. Um, I did I did research one particular piece of this junk uh, out of out of sheer desire to know more um, about what what Eric has engaged in here. I think this is the point when he introduces the dogs playing poker. Is it? <laughs> is it not? It is. And uh, interestingly enough, um, you know, they say that it was junk. He talks about it being the dogs playing poker. And in my research, I found that that particular painting was called a bold bluff. It was painted in 1909. It said, and now if this particular painting, the one that he holds, was one of the original uh, paintings that was done in 1909. Uh, most recently, uh, in February 15th, 2016, the two. Uh, collage paintings of bold bluff and waterloo which both of them you know were of this um they were original paintings used by brown and a big low went to auction uh and were expected to fetch between thirty thousand and fifty thousand. but the pair sold for 
$590,400, the result that surpassed the previous auction records of $74,000 for that collection. So oh. just some interesting feedback. If, mm-hmm. in fact, that was uh, what we had there, he didn't get near enough money for his uh, dogs playing, po- uh, playing poker painting. I mean, it looked pretty legit, that particular print that he had there. I mean, mm-hmm. it was nice framework. Definitely Everything is kind of well put together. Should have got something for it. I wonder if created the NFT for that painting yet. Probably. <laughs> but what you've just revealed to me is that regular art makes just as little sense as NFTs. Yeah, it's true. It's like, why would I spend that much money on something? Luke, are you familiar with NFTs? I don't think so. So quick tangent, tangent. I think I could explain this quickly. It is called a non-fungible token. And basically you turn an internet moment, like a tweet or an announcement Mm -hmm. or a piece Mm -hmm. of art. Um, Paris Hilton has a line of NFTs coming out, but you turn that into a token that cannot be changed. And it is like you own, the way it is most often described is Starry Night. A lot of people own repercussions of the painting Starry Night, but there's only one Starry Night. Right. So an NFT is like the original. And yes, everyone else, like Taco Bell just sold an announcement for like $60,000. And someone got the token of that announcement. So it's like they own that announcement. Everyone got to see the announcement, but that person like owns it. If that makes any sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I I hear you. Um, <laughs> capitalism, baby. So yeah. yes, well the the so who owns this this podcast? If I were to want to purchase the NFT, well, I'm announcing here we're going to be releasing our own line of Boy Meets World Fever NFTs. <laughs> you were we will be no longer fungible. <laughs> I'm sick and tired. Just uh, people fun fungibling us. Fungibling us. <laughs> so we're going to become non-fungible, and you can buy all of our tweets and well, glasses. And <laughs> I, I will tell you the senseless amount of um, research I've done on this particular painter and uh, and his um, <laughs> dogs playing poker, as well as and several variations of dogs playing poker in the early nineteen late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds is uh, is ridiculous and and it just goes to show you how much one can make off of art that really isn't great. <laughs> just because people like it and that's uh it's i mean it really is something i bet i bet like the advent of film and like people making jokes about pointless paintings and using that is what made it so valuable oh well they they talk about there's an article that i'd read particularly that talks about them this this particular painting series being as popular as the Mona Lisa when they're completely different in, uh, in you know the quality and level of artistic you know design that it takes to make each in um, history I mean it's amazing but the point in the in the in the topic was that Eric actually had something there that was worth a lot more than just the sixty dollars that he needed from his wallet to pay for. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so yes. could have been a good, good line right into him, you know, being a half a millionaire at that point. So, yeah, and then he buys a plastic pink flamingo off of Sean for 30 bucks. Right. Uh, but we are missing maybe the best part of the entire episode. He was like, he, he <laughs> tells the whole story of how like Feeney told him that junk can be worth something if you take it to an appraiser. And then he's like, and I said to myself, Kyle, Kyle, nah. what I call myself. <laughs> 
Yes, that's what I call myself. <laughs> Kyle Neil Matthews. <laughs> Kyle Neil Matthews. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, so I just that's good that. comedy. <laughs> I said to myself, Kyle. That's what I call myself. Um, then we get to Turner's apartment. Yes, and so they're watching Sean's video. Sean's like. Thanks for watching us from the Pink Flamingo trailer park where our motto is, hey, your house is on my lawn. And then they pause it because they, and they at the very end of the video, they see Eddie is in the background with a laptop. Yeah. And <laughs> Corey had the line, which I took special note of about like how times change. He's like, looks like tough guy. Eddie's a closet nerd uh-huh. because he That's had a, a computer. computer. <laughs> yes. At the school that I now work at, Literally every student is given a computer. Like a MacBook. Yeah. Like a nice computer. Yeah. So it's just funny how times change. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, if you're running a criminal empire, you got to be on that, that technological side. That's how you're really going to keep track and take it to the next level. Oh, yeah. Uh, most like con men will tell you that like 90% of their job is actually doing research because you got to like you you know got- your target. You got to know targets. You got to know, you, you need to be knowledgeable and just like just about everything just in case it comes up. So, Makes sense. Um, but yeah, so Corey's like, I've got my story. He stole it. Like he stole the computer and Sean very weirdly clams up and it's just like, let it go. It's like, let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of frustrating because all Sean has to do is be like, hey, I have mixed feelings about this because he's my half brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of those classic scenarios where if the characters would have talked for like 30 seconds, the whole conflict would be resolved. It's just kind of bad writing. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to say, Luke? Well, I just, I mean, it just, it builds into the whole thing that I have a problem with the whole, this, the, the fight that breaks out, you know, in in the next, you know, the upcoming scene after a few more things happen, but, uh, but yeah, just I just don't understand the lack of you know conflict resolution in the midst of just those few moments. Like we're we're talking about Corey and Sean here. We're not talking like you know it's not like Sean holds much back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not strangers, and it's just like I get no one gets better than me having conf- conflicted feelings about your family. No one understands that better than me. But like, oh, I'm gonna do this thing. Like I'm gonna do this thing, and being like. Actually, it's part of like my family. Weird feelings uh-huh. about that. Let's not get into it. Is all he had to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and, but no, the episode would be kind of short there. And they do got 22 minutes. They need to fill. And they Kyle wasn't going to carry it. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle couldn't carry it. <laughs> we could have we had a monologue from Eli. Yeah, we could have had a whole lot more Eli. Yeah. Could have had a third, like a C plot of Eli just being cool. What if Eli goes up to Eric? Hey, Eric and Sons isn't the worst idea. I want to be a son. <laughs> I'm going to bankroll this. <laughs> I don't know. But um, but yeah, then we do like Sean rip tears out the video and tears out the film. Mm-hmm. So I guess it doesn't matter that they don't know where to send the tape. Because <laughs> the tape gets destroyed. The tape does get destroyed. Maybe that was the real thing. He's like watching it. He's like, oh, crap. I don't know where to send this. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can have your tape. <laughs> It's all, it's all fake. It's like just it's all stupid anyway. Oh, biscuits! I don't know where my dad is. <laughs> my dad ran away from home. <laughs> well, I can't let him know that I don't know where my dad is. I'm mad about this thing. <laughs> he's he's what he's really doing is he's deflecting from yeah. all his other emotions. It's all Maybe that's it. I like it. No. Oh. Um. Anyway, 
Um, and then there, I don't know, the fight just kind of ends there and uh-huh. picks up the next the day. The next day at school. At school. Yeah. Which again, just kind of, Sean's trying to act like nothing's wrong. Maybe he just thinks that it's over. Yeah. And he's like, and Corey's like, the only thing I want to hear from you is an apology. And they, they fight. Yeah. They like literally like fist fight. Uh-huh. Corey looked, Corey seems to be winning. <laughs> well, he has all that wrestling experience. He, he does. That's true. But he slams Sean against the walker, <laughs> and then he's on top. Yes, that's true. Until Turner and Eli come and break them up. Yeah, but you got to think that Sean doesn't really want that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Sean's almost waiting for the breakup there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't want to fight in the first place. He pushed, he shoved, shoved back. You know, I don't think that he really wanted to be involved in that. He didn't, you know, yeah, he's deflecting. Point. That's His a good point. Because all, the, all of the aggression in this episode actually comes from Corey. Because mm-hmm. like here in just a little bit when they get out of detention, it's Corey who's like, I wasn't thrilled with my company. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a butt. Yeah. Um, which, what a real chat. Which, I mean, you can't, you can't blame Corey too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, all of a sudden, Sean turned on a dime, destroyed something that he, like, literally gave up something he wanted to make and has no idea why. To Corey, it's just, like, a flip on a dime. Like, I get Corey's frustration. I'm just not, like, stupid Corey at it again. Yeah, it is It is a little different feeling than yeah. other episodes where it's like, what are you doing, Corey? This is like, this makes sense because it's confusing. And he's just like, I'm just, I have no reason not to do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sean's just being weird. But on the flip side, I do think Corey should know Sean well enough to know, like, oh, there's something more happening here. But mm-hmm. that may be more, mm-hmm. more self awareness than a fourteen year old. He's too self absorbed. <laughs> yeah, to know that. So yeah, I mean, what fourteen year old has any self awareness? That's true. But they fight and they get broken apart, and then Turner's like, Hunter Matthews, <laughs> Eli goes, did, did you guys know you were fighting each other? <laughs> yeah that i see i thought that was probably the best line that was that uh-huh. that of all the lines made me laugh the loudest well there's about to be reflecting eli's next thing that he says is also very oh good. that yeah the next one's yeah. pretty good too that's a good point the the biggest laugh in this episode is eli here uh-huh. like, did you guys know you were fighting each other uh-huh. but then Corey's like or sean starts to leave he's like Corey's like oh He's just jealous because I've got this yeah. thing that I can do. And Sean's like, I'll never be jealous until you can do this. And he runs, runs his hand back through his hair and it flows. He's like, and Eli's like hey, hey, watch it. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, watch it. <laughs> I can't but do that, that's where I think you've got a setup right there that, that right in that moment, there's almost a, a great shot of, of, um, you know, Turner and uh, and Sean standing right next to each other, right after he does the hair swoop. And Corey, you know, standing right there. You, you want to make that mentor picture. It, it lay, they are literally lined up side for side, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you have Feedy that kind of steps in and interrupts this, you know, go-between of, you know, generational gap. But pretty much the same person and these two sets of, you know, guys and says, all right, you guys are with me in detention. But yeah, if there was any setup right there, that's where it could have it could have turned to give you your mentor, you know, uh, idea of the future. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it would have been it would have been kind of perfect because in Eli's first episode, like he goes over and helps Corey with his problem. 
Like that's like Eli's big like. And Eli's like, what? So I go over there and we bond and I have myself a little friend. Yeah, a little 14-year-old friend. And then, yeah. but then there kind of is, that relationship is there. Yeah, but uh, we want to have Sean date a black girl and we can't have two black people on the show. Just not allowed. So. It's the rule. <laughs> so ABC's like, we don't make the rule. <laughs> and we're like, actually you do. That is uh, not our original take, by the way. That is from Brummie's World, who likes to joke that two black people aren't allowed on the show at one time. <laughs> so, uh, Siege and TC. I'm, see, there's a piece of me that just, I'm now I'm desperately grasping at anything that would deflect that theory, but I can't find anything. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> there's got to be some point. I don't know. Angela's I have a mission. up for a little bit. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. Angela's That's dad true. shows up with Angela in the episode. So I guess, yeah. I guess in the very last season, <laughs> see, check. See, eight. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but for real. And that's why the show's canceled. And that's what, there it goes. That's, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, well, that's when they knew they were going to wrap it up. So they're like, we can just really go all out. I just realized Girl Meets World is even wider. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. Eli gives the funniest lines in the whole movie. I, I can't do that either. Um, the, the funniest lines of the whole episode. And Feeny's like, uh, I don't want to call it detention. Let's call it hooked on Feeny. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then Corey's like, I'm going to go get my story. And or do we cut to the end of detention now? Uh, it goes to the end of detention where they're mm-hmm. there. And uh, Corey and Sean still are kind of. Yeah. This is there. when he does his whole, like, I wasn't thrilled with my company. but uh-huh. And then goes off and then Sean <laughs> punches the locker as Corey goes off. And then Feeney's there and he's like, Mr. Hunter, this hitting thing, it's not nice. <laughs> huh. He's like, well, I'm just really frustrated. Does it help you with your frustration? I mean, and he doesn't really answer. And, and Feeney... Feeney goes and hits the locker and kind of, ow. Yeah. Feeney's face when he turns around after hitting the locker. Shakes of, his hand. I'm just like... <laughs> That hurt, but I don't want it to ship that it hurts. I just, I kind of wonder if that was ad libbed. Like, I, you know, he, it be. wasn't necessarily go that way, but he kind of turned it into the ouch and they liked it. And so they kept mm-hmm. it. I, I, I think it almost has to be. Yeah. Absolutely. William Daniels. It's, the way that he hits that locker, it's like he's never hit anything before in his life. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like an open palm slap. It's like, like that shouldn't you hurt. Know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But then Feeney's just like, I'm frustrated because I'm watching these two boys kind of throw away their friendship yeah over as far as he knows like over nothing yeah over um which i mean it's pretty much been nothing because there's been no communication it's right. just john's upset about something and Corey doesn't understand so he's going ahead yeah and so from yeah from the outside looking in and the inside looking in it's it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense yeah and then sean's explanation to feeney comes out of kind of nowhere and does not line up with anything we've ever heard sean think <laughs> like and i get it's kind of where the episode's going but he he's just like well who needs friends like him family is all you really need and it's just like what it's like that's not been the case at all for your life well, as yeah. far as we've seen on the show as far as we've seen on the show and like i really wonder if that statement like again I have a unique perspective, like, but I really wonder if it was like written in, like for that line to be as sad as it really is. Cause like these people who didn't take you in, who like are basically just trying to get stuff from you all the time. Like those are the people that you're like, yeah, these people are the only ones that I need. 
Mm-hmm. See, but I think that, and I do, I think that, like, in the character, like, what we're dealing with with Sean here is him grasping at everything his parents probably told him growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, every little bit of, you know, family was what matters. Family's what did his uncle, you know, he's still ingraining in it, you know, ingraining him in the idea of family, family, family. You know, even when he was there and they're and they're talking about it, you know, and calls him Shawnee. You know, they go through that whole thing. And you got to think that he's grasping at any any identity that is still in Hunter family being my kinsmen, my people. I have to remain loyal to them because they're, you know, my people. And and this is kind of has come come around where he realizes, wait, maybe not everything dad and mom said is true. You know, maybe maybe he did. They don't have quite the firm understanding of it that I thought they did. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, no joke. But yeah, yeah, because it, re- it it just reads to me as really sad. Like he's been waiting for his family to step up for so long. And he's like having this realization like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's even like, Feeney, a guy like you with no friends. Like family's got to be important to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Phoenix yeah. like actually I have very little family, at least in the area. Yeah, not in the area. In the city. I think it's I think it's definitely a worldview change that happens right here in his understanding of you know what really is important. And it's not that he hasn't already learned that lesson a lot, but it just mm-hmm. reinforces that worldview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he hasn't put it into like words. It's like family's important, and it's like well, these other people are important, but at the end of the day, it's all about family. And then Feeney's like, actually, no. Yeah, it's like there's more to it than just family. Like family can be important. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. Um, like for him, he's like, I have a small group of friends, and like we laugh and we reminisce and we take pride in each other. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds like people that you want to be around. Yeah, mm-hmm. people that support you and care about you, and it doesn't matter if they're blood or not. Like they're your family. Yeah, in a truer sense. Yeah, uh, Cameron and I have like there's like a group of eight guys that we've been. Re- probably too close with since college. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like one of them came into town yesterday. We didn't even like have any, like we didn't have any heads up. It was literally like 15 minutes before, like he was going to go to dinner in our town that they were like, Hey, do you guys have dinner plans? Do you want to like come? Mm-hmm. And, we, and both of us were like, yeah. So it so was I, like, put my kids to bed <laughs> and then left. Yeah. And my I, wife was still here. Yeah. And Listeners. I, I didn't just leave them at home unattended. And I like went immediately there and uh, he and his wife and another a friend of ours who lives in town and his wife and the two of us were just there. And like, to me, that was like family dinner. That was like seeing a long, a relative that doesn't live in town, mm-hmm. like for me, and I'm not related to a single person there, even though 11 year olds at Bible study think I'm Cameron's dad, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And I know that's really different from like your experience of family Luke, because like, you have a pretty big family and you're all very close. Yeah. So just kind of like the complete other side. Yeah. yeah but I, but I think that I'm experiencing it in a, in a completely different way and new way now, you know, if I got these two, you know, um, uh, new sons that, you know, that are part of my everyday mm-hmm. in and out and, uh, and, and the life and, and it's, it's, it's been, it's been, um, easy. It's very easy to see them as as my sons and my boys, just like I see uh, the two boys that are biologically mine as mine. And you know, it's often that Mike and I are talking or or saying things, and we have to. I I 
let's say, you know, my boys or, or your boys or things like that. And we remind each other all the time that they're our boys, you know, that they're, they're collectively. And so this idea of, you know, not blood identity, but still being family, you know, these are two kids that aren't my blood, but they live with me day in and day out now and, and absolutely identify them as you know, my family and these, um, and just completely different components. So, so yeah, I mean, I understand the, the, um, the, you know, the, the idea behind, um, you know, a family is family is what you make it. And it's not about, you know, who you're biologically, you know, necessarily bound to or, or have bondage to, but, um, uh, but still important. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not to say like, if you're really tight with your blood family, that's bad. Cause I think Corey, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. I think Corey is like the standard that we see for that in the series, having like a really good relationship with his family. Um, but yeah, I think they're making a point. Like you can also find family mm-hmm. um, and from people like me who are almost entirely found family to people like you guys who have like big extended families that you talk to. <laughs> that know who we are <laughs> who uh and have spoken to us multiple times since we were 14 yes i have some who have spoken to me since i was 14 just you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think found family is important i know there's like the quote you know like blood is thicker than water mm-hmm. like, but i apparently the quote is actually much larger than that like it's longer it's been shortened and you take it to mean like family is more important than water i guess (laughs) but the quote is like the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb so it's like the people that you choose to have in your lives are actually more important and closer than just the people that were born into your life like your family it's like the people that you choose to have around you it's like the stronger bond i really thought you were about to go into a country song (laughs) blood of the covenant (laughs) No, there's a country song. I don't I don't remember the melody or I'd sing it, but it's like blood is thicker than water, but love is thicker than blood or something like that. Ooh, that's a powerful <laughs> lyric. I really thought that's where you were going. And I was going to be like, I don't think that's the saying, Cameron. I think it's just a country song. No. But now you like bust out some verse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sean is realizing this now. Yeah. Because of Feeney. Feeney... Feeney is good now. Feeney was bad previously yeah. in the show, but I feel like he's transitioned from where we're not seeing all of his lessons all the time and him being a bad teacher. Yes. We're seeing him be a good mentor. Yeah, we're seeing kind him of like leading mentor. these kids to we, kind of think about the world. I mean, the uh, the JFK discussion mm-hmm. a few episodes ago wasn't great. It's not him being a great teacher, but Feeney is a good man. <laughs> Still a bad teacher. I mean, we don't get to see him teach as much. Is he still committing FERPA violations every day? Probably. I don't know. Probably. But uh, yeah, so Feeney is, yeah, this is a this is a good conversation between Feeney and Sean. Um, mm. Makes you wish Feeney mentored Sean maybe a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, they really kind of try to stick him close with the Matthews. It's kind of a bummer, but it's a good, it's a good Feeney, uh, Sean moment. Hmm. Um, is there's like a small scene where Eric has gathered all of this stuff to yeah. go sell it, and they tell him like this is a scam, like you shouldn't do this, like this is all junk. And he's like, not junk, treasures, treasures, I say. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, how much are they going to charge you to do this? He's like, sixty bucks, but I already had seventy in my wallet, so it's like I've already made ten dollars. <laughs> Math. <laughs> that. 
see that is an Eric joke to me. <laughs> that like not that, I'm not wearing underwear. Yeah, that fundamental misunderstanding of how things work, like <laughs> while it's being explained, that is Eric to me. Like Eric and Sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not. That's nothing. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't feel like that scene is really anything because that's all I wrote down was treasures right. to say. Well, then we go back to the we go back to the trailer park at that uh-huh. point, right? And like Corey's mm-hmm. trying to do some investigative reporting, which I've never done. Is it just sneaking around in the bushes with a video camera? Is that uh, I've got some I've got some things to say about that, but but I'm I'm gonna wait until we kind of get to the conclusion here, and we'll go we'll okay. go yeah the scene for scene is still great mm-hmm. oh i want to hear what you have to say because yeah, yeah I, I think i think we're just ready for it now <laughs> you think I'll just, so i can lay out point. what happens in the scene and then you yeah go ahead and yeah, lay out what happens and i'll tell you what my thoughts are here so Corey is trying to see what they're doing and eddie and his gang of ruffians give him the perfect line uh-huh. it's time to make some serial numbers disappear and they've got all this these stolen computers or whatever and Corey's like i gotta get in closer and he just like moves from bush to bush like he's in assassin's creed and then he looks yeah. up the camera we get it from the camera perspective and it pans up and there's eddie um and then they take him and he smashes the camera and they kind of beat up Corey, which just means throw him to the ground. And Corey's like, Oh, I'm so weak. Yes. I, my which, fight with Sean earlier you get has weakened the, me. And you get the second worst line in the whole show, which is the the 11 year old kid that says, do you think he's had enough? That happens in there too. Right after he got punched in the stomach. Uh-huh. And then you're thinking, wait, like Sean just said, these are some really rough guys. Like he just maybe hit him in the gut. Like yeah. maybe he's had enough. I don't get it. Okay, you go. I'm sorry, you're fine. It's rare moment of mercy. Um, so he's basically like, "Well, I can't let you go. <laughs> rat on us, but maybe I'll just pound your face until you forget you were ever here," which is a bit heavy. Um, and then, like the Rohirrim riding over the hill at dawn of the fifth day, Sean comes leaping over a tra- leap leaping over a trailer. He does. Yeah. He to over come a and. He le- he leaps over a trailer to come and save Corey and tell Eddie to, to back off. Um, that was a Lord of the Rings reference for everyone out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gandalf and the Rohirrim at Helm's Deep. It's a wonderful scene. Sure. Just uplifting, marvelous. Well done, Peter Jackson. Um, <laughs> Peter Jackson, we love you. direct this come on episode? The show. He should. And that's that. Do. This is a, this is and this is the point when the realization happens, right? The conversation between them and mm-hmm. they realize, and so that that's your timeline moment, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's his half brother. Yeah, it's Sean's half brother. I would assume maternal half brother, since he didn't want since he didn't want him in Chet's video. Mm-hmm. That because if it was like a paternal half brother, like. Yeah, there's really no way around it. So I'm guessing this has to be Verna's son. Yeah, yeah, like a Verna child. I think so. It makes sense. It um, does. They don't say that, but it's the only thing that really like makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so Sean says, um, "I'll call the cops," mm-hmm. and then come sort it out. And he's like, "You would never call cops on family, like your brother. Like you wouldn't do that." And he's like, "I would." Um, and then. They back off and leave. But Corey has managed to keep the tape. Yeah. He After his camera was destroyed, he managed to slip the tape out. Which, I mean, I don't know how he did it, but good on you, Corey. He rolled a really strong sleight of hand check. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> in the yeah. D&D game that is that is Boy Meets World. I mean, like, I could see, like, you being able to, like, hit an SD card out and, like, pocket it. But, uh-huh, but this is like a, <laughs> a cassette tape. tape. <laughs> but, hey. I just, I just, I don't think he did. So, <laughs> here in, here in lies the... Here lies the saga, the story. It's laid out. It's laid out perfectly the way that the way that it's done. But did you guys notice that that last bit of footage that that we're supposed to believe that was being captured there was in black and white? I guess when he moves from bush to bush to bush. Did you notice that he was on some kind of like night mode? Yeah. I don't think so. I think I think that it was the only scene that was shot that way. Every other scene that they did was shot where you had it first person view and you could see, you know, what he was shooting in each individual case. And then this last one was in this grayscale where he is looking through. It was also the only scene that when you actually saw the camera, you'd notice that the red light was not recording on the camera as he was moving bush to bush to bush. So I've had this theory that uh, Corey actually was feeling very guilty about the interaction with Sean and was dealing internally with whether or not he really wanted to do this. And it wasn't actually recording while he was moving from bush to bush. He was trying to get closer and trying to get closer. And why he kept saying that was because he didn't really feel like he could start recording. So he was trying to come up with, oh, I just need to get closer. Oh, this is good stuff. I need to get a little closer. I need to get a little closer. But there wasn't actually a point when he hit that record button. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So it was like a subconscious, like, I can't record this, but I'm going to record this, but I can't. Right. Which is why I think they did the subtlety of the black and white, because the black and white um, in those old Panasonic cameras, there's some of those black and white monitors, especially in the later ones, um, the late 90s, uh, which this, I'm pretty sure this episode was 95-ish, where those cameras would switch um, in the monitor when you started filming it would switch to color. So you would know whether or not you had your camera recording or not. I knew we brought the right guy on for this episode. Yeah, we did. So someone who knows about Panasonic cameras. I think, (laughs) I think that there may have been something weird in the way that that was actually made up to show some sort of signal that it wasn't, wasn't actually recording in the midst of it. I also think, you know, the idea of him actually pulling that tape, have you guys ever, if you've ever flipped a switch on that thing, it's like, it's like a magnetic, like, electronic release. It's like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like this loud. isn't like, yeah, you're not this is not an easy thing to get out of the tape. I just, I just don't think he had it. I think that he was using it there at the end. Like, here you go. Here you go. Um, you know, Sean as like this item of saying like, here it's for you. I don't think he had anything on it in the first place. I think, you know, think it's that that was the tape. Are you, that, are you that suggesting tape. that when Sean hands it back to him, Chris like, Oh, biscuits. I'm not doing I'm not doing any good with this thing at all. Like he wanted it to be his final gesture to like give it to Sean to say, you know, your family's important. Sean's like, no, you go win your award. He's like, I ain't turning this in. There's nothing on it. It's like that church camp moment of like, you're gonna write your sins and go throw them in the fire or yeah, whatever. But uh that same sort of level of gesture. It's like, nope. Jesus is like, here's your sins back. <laughs> Actually, you just hang on to those. And we and we know, I mean, honestly, the theory has got to be true if you think about it, because had he turned it in, he would have won the award. And like, you know, they it said all, 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 he would have he been a big deal. All it takes is one success. Mm-hmm. That would have been it. Because yeah. you know? Turner's like, you, make, you do this and you've got it made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's why Corey never really continues in this thing, because he never actually. He never made it. I love it. This is perfect. Yeah. I 
This, this is, is the kind of quality content that our audience craves. This is has not been getting. This is just <laughs> truth. Like we're happy to talk about cats and sing country music. You're happy to talk about cats. Yes, you had a good time. <laughs> I, I know. I know you did. <laughs> Rumble um, teaser. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh-huh. All that stuff. Jenny Annie Dots. That's just a fun one to say. I didn't even know that was one. Okay. Anyway, it's Amy. Amy's Jenny Annie Dots. Amy from Boy Meets World? Mm-hmm. Like the actress? No, but if she was in Cats, that's who she would be. Oh. We've been over this chance. It was fantastic. Oh, did you see the Twitter thread? I just, I had to read it on Twitter. It was, it's, <laughs> I told him that you know, me, and, me and my wife, Micah, are pretty much two of a very small select group of people in this world that could actually identify and understand every reference that he made and why. <laughs> I, I will say, to my own credit, Giving myself a little boost here. Cameron sent me like, who do you think the characters are? And he sent me like a list of names from Boy Meets World and cats. And there was one I saw him. I'm like, that one is Sean. And, it, and Cameron's like, actually, yeah, that one is Sean. He only- just had that powerful energy. I, I was just like, I know that one, Sean. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's yeah. his name? Rum Rum Tum Tugger. Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah. It makes complete sense. <laughs> but yeah. Here we are talking about this again, because <laughs> I, I like it so much. Um, but yeah, so Sean basically, like we said, he realizes like Corey is his family. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need these people. Yeah, Corey's even like, what happened to looking out for your family? And Sean's like, I just did. Mm-hmm. And that was protecting Corey. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know. I think, feel like you can take multiple ways. Like there's, a, there's definitely a classist take. Like Sean is trying to work his way up to middle class. So he's not associating with poor people, like you were saying earlier. I think that is a that is definitely a take you could make, but I don't think that's what the episode is trying to say. I think the episode is de- definitely trying to say like hey, these people who are doing these illegal things and like living these illegal lives, like mm-hmm. that's not who you want to associate. And I feel like again, taking future knowledge into account, like as Sean goes up, he doesn't reject the trailer park life. Yeah, he's kind of proud of where he's come from. Yeah, that's true. Which I think is important. Yeah. Well, and I almost think that I think that you've also got to think about you know, those that those that are watching and what and who they're hoping to identify is to say if you're just because your family if your family member is committing a crime, that's not to say that you shouldn't still report the crime from being committed. You know, you wouldn't want to give the wrong idea to people of saying like you know not saying something if somebody's doing the wrong thing. You know, is uh, is what you do for family. You know. Yeah. The ABC point. doesn't want to be held liable. <laughs> That's right. So they, they say, do turn in your family if they're committing crimes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and because like I have the history with my family, I do. I definitely see like, yeah, a lot of times they don't, your family doesn't know what to do. So they just kind of like peace out of your life for Sean. And yeah, so I get that in this. That, that is my read in this episode. It's definitely probably a personal read, but I think there are, there, there are re- ways you can take this. Mm-hmm. So listen yes. to other Boy Meets World podcasts to see how they take it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we get the tag at the end where Amy and Alan come to Eric and they say, we appreciate all your hard work. So we're going to pay you 60 bucks for all the work that you did, which would make him even. Um, and Alan's like, well, I, I'll give you money. Oh, do we have any change? Do you have any 20s? Yeah, do we have any 20s? And Eric's like, well, let me see. 
Oh, I only got hundreds. I got $4,000. Yeah, he had a box with a wooden mask in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they gave him a few reasons to part with it. Huh? 4,000 reasons. 4,000 reasons. He's a millionaire. He's a millionaire. <laughs> I'm a millionaire. <laughs> I'm a millionaire. That's how I feel when my stimulus hits. Uh, Cameron, your stimulus joke. Everyone out there, Cameron, the, the trend going around is like stimulus deposit, $1,400. And then it says something stupid or crazy. Cameron's is the best. It's like me at Barnes and Noble. I'll take the section for the nobles, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fun, fun meme to engage in. It is, but so most fun. of them I've seen, I haven't thought were very funny, but. I did like the me and Sephora, bring me Brianna. Uh, I don't get that. <laughs> or I also like the me at McDonald's getting a McFlurry. It's like the ice cream machine's down. How much to fix it? <laughs> I like that one. I haven't seen that one, but I like it. <laughs> Okay, that one's equal to Cameron. Oh. Okay, you need to start sending some of these. I gotta, I've gotta see more. I haven't even seen this yet. Like this is, if yeah, this is floating around, cool. I need it to be a part of my life. I'll take the section for the nobles. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't give gratuitous praise very often. You don't. That one, it's good. It's funny. I did it. Um, yeah. So Eric's got all this money. He's feeling very good about himself. I'm mm. a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. Feeney comes in and he's even like, look, Mr. Feeney, I'm a millionaire. Um, come to find out the mask was Feeney's that he was storing at the This Why? is yeah, yeah. His house, is, he has a big house all by himself, but he's storing. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This, is, this, this was my thing too. I was like, why? Why is your ma- mask stored in the Matthews house? What's See, happening? It, it, it only takes one moment to make it clever writing. And all he had to do was say, you know, that box that I gave you for the garage sale last, you know, it would make sense if a neighbor put something in their garage sale. The garage sale or had the intention we got rained of out. It. You could even. Like we got, yeah, we got, we've got to, we can make this come together. Like they could have used the space that they had in the, uh, in, in the, the very beginning to reference. Could have been why, um, why, Eric was coming in with the box in the first place. Mm-hmm. I brought you that box out of my garage from the garage sale last, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it would be. And, but then there was another box that actually was still there that, that he hadn't brought over yet. Like that would make more sense as to why can't, or why Eric's even bringing the box through the school in the mm-hmm. first place. Mm-hmm. They could have developed it more that there was like a switcheroo. Of right. Some sort. They could yeah. have done something. But now I kind of think something nefarious is going on. Like his house was getting checked for like illegal imports. And he like yeah. stored it. He's feeding in on that Hobby Lobby uh, Bible smuggling out of Iraq stuff. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but okay. Well, it's like the owners of Hobby Lobby were like, there's like a like a touring Bible museum kind of thing put on by the owners of Hobby oh. Lobby, and turns out they'd smuggled a bunch of artifacts out of Iraq. Yeah, that into... they were touring in through their Bible stuff. So maybe Feeney's on some like yeah shady <laughs> international smuggling. Maybe what was the name of the uh, what was the name of the um, auctioneering place they were going through? Uh, Lanker Schlem and Sloan's, which it does kind of sound like a money laundering. They, now think about this, though. I mean, you know, uh, their their dad said that it was a a scam. A scam. What if Feeney's dug into the scam and he knows exactly what was sold to Eric at that point in time? And all he has to do, Amy almost looks a little bewildered. Whatever. 
he says, do you still have that box that I left for you in the garage or that, that I put in your garage or put that I gave to you to store for me? And she says, oh, it, you know, it, well, it must be in the garage. Mm. And that's when there's the realization at that point. I, I mean, there could be something there. I mean, Feeney is from Boston. Mm. Boston, notoriously, all of it is criminals. Everyone in Boston is a criminal. When you lived there, Obviously. you were a criminal. Everyone, the town, every movie starring Ben Affleck, he's a criminal <laughs> from Boston. Uh-huh. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, criminal from Boston. Argo, you sold criminal children from Boston. at Wayfair. Batman, criminal from Boston. The pirates who don't do anything want to go to Boston to in the criminals. fall to be criminals. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, it's not a stretch that Feeney could be in on some sort of nefarious shady dealings he's a he's in the import industry it just makes sense i like Crack it right open <laughs> feeny you dog um but then erica gives him the four thousand yeah. dollars eventually and then feeny just goes i'm a millionaire i'm a millionaire <laughs> yeah that's kind of it yep that's it that's the tag uh ratings cameron what did you um, i gave it an eight okay that's solid i had a good time yeah what did you think luke I just say uh, probably a seven. I mean, I, I enjoyed the show. I, I definitely like it when there's a little bit of, you know, you can do whatever you want with it. If you really kind of turn it around, turn it on its head, you know, again, um, it just, it seemed like one of those that you could read a lot into if you take the time to study it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't looking forward to this episode, um, but it did surprise me. Uh, I think of all of the, only like two others but Corey sean conflict episodes this is one of the better ones um at least acting wise which makes sense they're older like the acting's a little better um so i gave it a 7.5 um i thought it was pretty good not great it was a good palate cleanser coming off of last week yeah um i'm <laughs> again last week i thought i was gonna love the episode and i hated it and um it was cameron's lowest score ever luke I have to go back and watch that one again. Wasn't a fan. Um, it was a low score for me too. Um, but yeah, uh, MVPs. Someone else can go first. What do you think, Luke? I don't. I don't know. I. I was. Uh, you know. I. I don't know. I'm. I'm kind of torn. There's a piece of me that wants to give it to the 11 year old for being just so horrible. <laughs> but uh, we call that the LVP. Yeah, that would be just, an LVP. I'm just. I'm just so glad he went on to do something else, and that wasn't the end of his career. No. <laughs> He was the um, most hated Power Ranger, yes. Danny yeah. and the memory of Chet Hunter, LVP. <laughs> yes, the memory of Chet Hunter, LVP. Um, I think that, uh, I think, I mean, I think that I'm going to have to, I, I want to honestly, I want to go with Feeney. I think that uh, he had some really major moments. Sean had some major moments in the show too. Like, and I, I do think the worldview turning point, but I give it to Feeney for kind of giving him um, an, an outlet to feel that. And it's like you said earlier, there, there aren't very many exchanges between Feeney and Sean in the midst of it. And so I almost feel like, you know, Feeney gets it for, uh, for, for helping him to see the world different than, uh, than, you know, he was taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put down Feeney also, actually. I, I was, I want to give it to Eli so bad. Because Eli is my favorite part hey, of the episode. Hey, watch it. I can't do that either. Um, I want to give it to Eli so bad, but Sean or Feeney were my other two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll definitely, I'll go, I'll go Feeney. I mean, I have no problems with that. Yeah, I was thinking of Feeney because I think just from like, he's that good mentor that we talked about. But I also feel like his comedic moments, like they just all hit. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Feeney is stuck in a fairly serious role in this one but, mm-hmm. but it's like i prefer hooked on feeny fanny feeny i'd rather not 
Yeah. I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. And when he hits the locker and slapping yeah. the locker, yeah. the locker has it. But I, I definitely think he's MVP for not comedic reasons, more like good mentor reasons. Mm-hmm. But especially the locker hit is pretty funny. So I, I'm definitely pro Feeney. Um, I'm just, I'm having a love affair with Eli this season. He really is. It's um, a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I think Eli is great in this episode. Runner up MVP. Kind of regret. MVP of Chance's heart. I kind of regret not giving Eli MVP for the uh, uh, pool scene. He's like, <laughs> I saw that coming. No, really. I did. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So what did you guys name it? Uh, I did Boys Meet Found or Boy Meets Found Family. Good name. I did Boy Meets Worldview. Oh, that's nice. It's it's nice. I think it's a little broad, but mm. I said boy meets the trailer park because I think it's his. Is that his first time that we've seen him there? No, surely not. Well, I know in season four he goes. Yeah, season four is the first time I ever see the inside of a trailer at the trailer park. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it is the first time we've seen him there. Mm-hmm. I do like found family though. That's what it's about. I, mean, I do too. I like boy meets worldview. I or uh, worldview. I just think. That could apply to too many episodes. <laughs> sure, sure. No, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Our Boy Meets World Fever fan video that you make with us, we'll call it Boy Meets World View. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I like it. Our mini, <laughs> our mini documentary series as we talk through the yes. series on video, we'll call it that. <laughs> Love it. It's like those series like philosophy and philosophy or whatever. I feel like once we've gotten to that point, which is probably the end of the series we need to do a documentary on the evolution of the character of eric Mm. (laughs) like we do we do a documentary we pose as the experts that we get cut to (laughs) wearing lab coats and and we just talk about sure that has has to be that has to be a thing like somebody (laughs) there there is somebody in acting that has studied the evolution of eric like i guarantee it like they have to be. If not, it's going to be us. Yeah, because it is right. the most fascinating arc. I mean, we're only three seasons in, and we've already gone from like cool older brother who's sometimes kind of ditzy, but is not like abnormally stupid mm-hmm. to to like himbo to pretty dumb. Yeah, like I'm not wearing you that almost anymore. need to. You'd almost need to align it with like what comedy was doing at that time and what essentially was funny and what you know they intended to be funny like is some of this like is it just to keep the show going like is it uh they keep the show alive kind of stuff where you know like bands that change their sound over and over and over like like it's like a eric's like taylor swift right like his comedic character continues to change so that he can stay in the spotlight uh if this is your uh audition to be our director you just made it (laughs) you did it (laughs) you did it uh, Cameron you. and I will be the experts. We need a host. <laughs> Hosted by Will Friedel. But it, it's just cameos that we've paid him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, can't, it, can't, it would be fantastic, actually. Um, oh. uh, so Boy Meets Found Family. This seems like what we're going with. Sounds good. Uh, Feeny MVP. Um, yeah. Mm. Never score of seven and a half. Never score seven and a half. Uh, we got a we got a very memorable episode next week mm-hmm. um, that I'm actually pretty excited for. Though the last memorable episode we have did not turn out well. Yeah. So don't don't jinx us like that, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am very much looking forward to next week's episode. Um, 
So watch it if you haven't yet. We've already recorded the episode by the mm-hmm. time you're hearing this, but but still watch ahead. Watch ahead. Yeah, it'll be fresh. Um, yeah, we're excited to we're excited to dig into that. Um, I don't think we have any announcements. We did get a great Twitter comment. Oh boy, you, you replied to it. So you oh right, the fantasy football. One. Yeah, I just want to get the name. Get it out there so you can all tweet at us because you'll probably get read right on the show because barely anybody does it. So uh, Katie at O-R-R-K-8 said that they're uh, loving the podcast, binge listening it. Thank you so much. Uh, We really appreciate that. Um, And they're on episode 22 where we talk about uh, fantasy football. Team names. uh, Team names. I went with the Eric Matthews pinky rings. Mm -hmm. And I was the John Adams high enforcers. Yes. Went on to win the whole thing. He did. Just a reminder. He he very much so did. Um, And uh, Katie said theirs would be uh, mine as a team called Nuh, which I just think is a delight. <laughs> Oddly enough, a horse called Nuh. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's neck flap. Uh, uh, all sorts of Nuh names. And oddly enough, a horse called Nuh. Um, so I love that, Katie. That is great. Um, we did get some feedback from Mandy Dew, uh, just saying that they love Alex Mack and that actress so much. Um, so they they were excited to hear us talk about the secret world of Alex Mack. Um, Which was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was a, it was a real random episode. The last three, we're just random people. It's fine. We're really, we just are going on all, all pistons firing. Mm-hmm. Just bringing that special sauce. I so, like it. Uh, Luke, tell us. What you're what you're working on? What anything you want to share? Social media, uh, where people blog, can yeah. find you. We're always we're always working on something. You can find us on uh, Facebook and, and Instagram and YouTube and uh, uh, Speak Now Productions uh, is uh, uh, our tag in all three of those. Uh, you know, right now we're just doing a lot. I mean, we got a lot of cool little projects going on. And most of them are local. Uh, doing some different things for a city of Ponca, a big arts uh, project that we've been working on, uh, trying to show. Um, you know, different, uh, uh, different things. And, and some of the cool things that Punk City has to offer as far as, uh, as far as art and culture, um, you know, one of them being uh, the Matt scene collection that's, uh, that's shown at our local library, a really interesting collection of a guy that, uh, essentially came uh, to the Americas as a count. Um, he, uh, was the royal photographer for um, um, for uh, the Napoleon uh, King and you know hierarchy that was going on over there? Uh, he made several movies. He called himself a count, but he wasn't really a count. Nobody really has an accurate understanding of how old he actually was because he told many people different ages. I mean, but he has this huge art collection that essentially got left uh, to the library and has to stay housed in the Ponca City Library. Uh, and it's the kind of collection that you wouldn't expect to be in the Ponca City Library. So <laughs> anyway, we're doing some cool stuff around that and working with it um, and several other things that are being done here. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would encourage people to check that out, check us out if they get an opportunity. And uh, we appreciate the opportunity to be on the show as usual. And thank you for uh, letting me spit with you guys for a few hours or however long it's been so three four five hours who knows at this point there's also a delightful video on speak now of luke destroying his body trying to ride yeah. a hoverboard down the hall yeah yeah I those those, those one wheels can be pretty dangerous so you, can, you, gotta... you have the more serious thoughtful things and then you have on the other side stuff yes. like that yes yes that's a lot of good stuff and uh, generally that's a, there's a lot of me giving my body uh 
for for stupid things like that mm. that happens you know i figure i'll pay for it one of these days so <laughs> interesting yeah, uh, I hear you're about to be a uh, director on a documentary. So yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah I'm hearing some real, great. real positive yeah. buzz around that. Yeah. One. Boy meets worldview. It's really gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna. <laughs> well, wait, we're called, this is the Eric show. I, I feel like there's gonna be a couple of good documentaries that come out of this. I don't know. You're gonna enter it into some festivals. <laughs> Sundance, well, watch out, South by Southwest. Hey, listen, the festival yes. like that is what ended up who. So, I mean, he left the cookie Wait. mark because. What of, were those words you just said? I'm sorry. Said a festival like that is what ended up who from the cookie mark. You know, that's what pulled him out of the Simpsons. So, uh, it was a good documentary. So. Okay. All right. We hope to have that same sort of level of influence. <laughs> we I really hope to change the Simpsons forever with whatever it is <laughs> that we say. That's exactly what happened. Maybe we if you haven't seen Istanbul it, you renamed it Constantinople. <laughs> the sky's the limit, I'd say. Um, yeah. I don't, All right. I don't even know what's happening anymore. Thank you, Dizzy, for <laughs> our theme song. Um, and Luke for helping us make that video into audio. Yes. Luke's the magic behind all of us. Oh, yeah. That's really something. <laughs> all of our wonderful audio cues. It's hard, okay? Um, yeah, we, uh, we couldn't have done it without you, and we couldn't have done it without Dizzy. Link in the description to the video that our podcast theme comes from, and you can find him on the web from there. Wonderful. That was beautifully said. Thanks. I'm really tired for some reason. All right. Um, you can daylight be savings. Sure to, yeah, it's all daylight savings. You can be sure to check us out on Twitter at BG World Fever um, and Instagram. Pretty new there, but trying to get the content out. You're doing there. great. It's fun. A lot of WandaVision memes. More mm. WandaVision memes than I ever expected when I started this mm. thing. Yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't been able to look so, at those. I'm still I'm still one episode from the end, so I've got to so I've got to finish well, it up. Just wait up. I don't think. Yeah, there is kind of a slight spoiler, but hardly anything. Our our one division spoiler cast isn't until uh, April, so. Mm-hmm. so get ready. It's not real. There's I'll a be, lot more I'll be crossover by between Boy Meets World and One Division than you think there is. <laughs> That's not true. That's a lie. I'm making all. There this could stuff. be. Um, there's not though. Um, but anyway, so check us out there, or send us an email at bgworldfever at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All that to say. Um, but that's all we have for today. So from all of us here. So long, world. So long, world. So long. When this boy meets world.